Welcome to episode number 470 of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be going down some of the current events, the rumors, the news, the gossip, and other things that have happened in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me is Robert E. Police. I'm so excited to announce that I am starting Smoky Mountain Wrestling 2021. What? Smoky Mountain Wrestling, you know, the territory re- wrestling that was once owned by Jim Cornette, but I now own it. And I'm going to start back <laughs> up. It took me a second to realize where you're going for this. I'm like, wait a minute, what? You're so, I'm thinking you're going to play like there's a new video game coming out or something like no, that or whatever. No, no, uh, I am starting my own promotion. Thank you. Smoky Jim, Mountain Wrestling. <laughs> he got about as much credibility as one of our hot tags going on. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what that is and it takes you a second to get the joke like uh, it did for me, we have that story to talk about. It's not Smoky Mountain. It's a different thing, but we have... Unfortunately, a passing. We have some predictions to get to. We've got some new recruits. We've got Sting. Uh, We got a title change. We got new music. We got, not for Smack Talk, but somebody's got new music. Lots of things to break down here. So as per usual, we want to know what you have to say about this as well. And since you're not on the podcast with us, the best way for you to do that is to be able to leave a comment on some kind of platform. There's lots of platforms, lots of ways for you to hang out and, you know, kind of give your opinions about things, but I always say the two best ways to do this, the three best really, if you want to count one of the other ones, but either tweet at SmartOutMoment or you tweet at myself or at Rob or both or whatever it is, or you leave a comment on the page on SmartOutMoment.com or the best of all things is you go to the YouTube page and while you're over there and you're watching this video and you're checking things out and you're hitting all the buttons that are good, you know, you're hitting the like button and the subscribe button, double check that to make sure you are subscribed by the way and you're ringing that little notification bell, and you're hitting that applause button, and you're hitting the join button, and all that other kind of stuff, except for the dislike, then you should also click on the comments and just tell us your thoughts on all these hot tags, because we are going to give our opinions. We want to know yours. So let's get into that story, because that's a fun one. Um, there, Let's just bury the lead. WCW is not coming back. <laughs> right. There's so a Twitter start- account... WCW underscore 2021, which is now no longer a Twitter account. I double checked it. It's gone. This person, whoever it is, I don't think we've gotten any kind of information about who this person really is. They tweeted out, we are WCW. We are rebooting the once popular promotion from the 90s. Our first event will be taking place in Lake Mary, Florida on October 10th, 2021. And all tapings, live events, and shows will take place via Skystorm Inc., which is Skystorm Productions, who very quickly <laughs> had gotten uh, the word around, we have not made any arrangements, partnerships, or agreements with WCW. We received email inquiry for production services on 12-1, so that day, early this morning, and have responded to the inquiry, but no discussion has been made as of yet. The posting on Facebook and Twitter was done without our knowledge or consent. So they're just like, uh, nah. <laughs> and the WCW 2021 Twitter account then said, we do, we have 50% of the of the assets and everything. And now they've disappeared. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, this hurts. Like, like, why? Why are we... This picked up so quickly because the guy used the name of uh, Skystrom and 
uh, Tyler from WrestleZone reached right out and they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) God, Twitter should not be allowed for some people, you know, it shouldn't. It's surprising that this caught on as much as it did because it's shameful. like as easy as like you just did earlier with the the joke about Smoky Mountain. Like if you would have tweeted that out, people would be like, oh, wait a minute. Some guys, he's doing this, whatever. He's got ties to Fightful. He's got ties to Smart Cow Moment. He's got ties to WrestleZone. Maybe he's actually doing it with her. And it's like, no, 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 no. This isn't I happening. Words. I just said words. Yeah. Because it, it's like, you really mean to tell me that you're we're supposed to believe some random guy who's not even going to say who he is, of course. Oh, my favorite was, we've contacted them via Gmail. In the press release, I forget who he says we've contacted. Maybe it was even like WWE or something. But we've contacted them via Gmail. Like, <laughs> like okay, pal. Oh. But like, you mean to tell me that you are trying to pass off the idea that you own 50% of a thing that WWE owned. And that that's going to give you the ability to reboot the brand. That there's not a chance. If Cody and AEW can't even get the trademarks that aren't really fully active, and WWE is able to contest those and make sure that they don't get them for like the match beyond and uh, bunkhouse stampede and whatever. If they go out of their way to make sure that that's the case, Bash of the Beach, look at Bash of the Beach. AEW was able to do one Bash of the Beach. Now they're not able to. Now they're calling it Beach Break. WCW would not come around from anybody because WWE would be like, no, that's not happening. You cannot be World Championship Wrestling. And they even used the WCW logo. That was the last one. Awful. The star shape looking one. That nobody would ever know is actually saying WCW. You know, I do you want to know how old I was when I figured that out? It was last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like last year or the year before that or something for me too. It was just wait, what do you mean it's WCW? It's like a star pack. Oh, okay. It's not an asterisk. There's a very fucked up like if somebody took WCW and they went in Photoshop and they hit the wrong keys and they did the stretch and and... yeah, it's It's awful. It's terrible. Not to say that the red WCW logo was all that great, but at least you could read it. That was awful. And, you know, shame on WWE's creative team for putting that out to the public when even in 2001, you could have created a better logo. Yeah. But this is certainly not happening. I just think that it's funny, and I felt like we should make fun of the guy. So So why not? Just be like, no, 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 you're not doing WCW. It's not happening. Shut up. (laughs) That's one of the hot tags that we got going on here but i'm curious if you'd like to see a wcw reboot drop a comment below not like anybody's going to do it but i'm just curious if you would actually want to watch it i wouldn't at this point because i would be like well that's just what aew is we have a story later on going on that's another proof (laughs) of that so i don't know just thought that this is one of those funny things um we don't really have any updates for the NXT TakeOver War Games card, other than the fact that the things that we were talking about ended up being confirmed. Io Shirai is going to be the final member of Team Shotzi, which has the advantage going into that. So, woo, I got Fantasy League points. And the Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa match is confirmed. So that's kind of how that played out. We don't really need to do the whole, let's update the predictions and add an extra match onto there. Not the case, which I'm actually fond of. That's good. 
Yeah. We do have another event, though, happening the same day that we should give some predictions for, which now that we know, it happened right after we were done recording the last time, that uh, the setup for Tribute to the Troops is a three-match card. There's going to be a bunch of celebrities, like Tim Allen's apparently going to be recording. I'm assuming they're all just going to be recording, you know, hey, thanks, everybody, for all that you've been doing. And Tim Allen? Yeah, Tim Allen's apparently supposed to be one of the celebrities. That's happening. Um, Hardy is performing, and um, so is Hardy. God, okay, so uh, Matt's coming back for a day? So here's something I told Rob ahead of time. They're running the commercial for the um, Tribute to the Troops, and I'm not paying any attention, because at the time I'm just adding some notes about what's happening on SmackDown or whatever, and it's just it's in the back of my mind, it's whatever. And I don't know the lyrics of this song that they're playing for this Hardy guy's uh, music, but it sounded so much to me like it was the guys just singing, like, something, something, whatever, getting some head. <laughs> And I started busting out laughing because I'm like, what the fuck am I watching again? It'd be so much oh. more interesting if he's just singing a song about blowjobs and stuff. Yeah, nothing, nothing says thank you to our troops like a song about <laughs> blowjobs. I am not in the slightest bit looking forward to watching Tribute to the Troops when it comes to the country music stuff. I hate country music. I don't want to watch that. I'm hoping that this is only an hour long. I think it's from four to five Eastern. So I'm hoping they don't have any kind of overrun or anything weird like that. And I'm hoping that I can kind of just mute my mic, my mic, (laughs) recording, Uh, mute my TV at the time and not have to actually watch uh, a whole country music performance. But there's three matches on the card. The three matches, to be perfectly honest, I'm not interested in them either. It's not the type of show that really matters in the long run in the sense of being like, you got to get a bunch of viewers and you got to build towards another thing. Or whatever. This is a bonus show. And even though I don't really care about these matches, if the people that this is a tribute to <laughs> is, you know, the kind of what it revolves around, if the people watching that are in the military are happy with this, that's what matters. But I'm not really into them. We need to give our predictions anyway. Uh, there's a five on five baby face. Wow, doll baby face versus heel <laughs> match. <laughs> yeah, ten, ten man tag. It's uh, Daniel Bryan, the Street Profits, Rey Mysterio, and Jeff Hardy, not the country singer Hardy. Hardy, against King Corbin, Elias, Sami Zayn, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. So I mean, that's a good crop of talent. Like that's nothing bad. Everybody who's performing on this, like the bottom of the barrel of the whole thing, is. The WWE champion? I don't know, maybe Elias? And that's like, not, you know, okay, oh, God, Elias is going to ruin everything. No, Elias is a capable hand. There's nothing wrong with that. So if the bottom of the barrel is everybody on this card's at least decent, if not good or great or whatever, then it's not like we got a horrible card mixed with a bunch of people that suck. But it's just a 10-man tag. It's not going to matter. It's just going to be kind of a clusterfuck with a lot of fun in it. Like, Street Profits do something silly with Corbin and Ziggler and, and whatnot. I'm assuming every babyface wins this, by the way. 
Yeah, like you would be correct. I'm going Drew McIntyre over The Miz. I'm going Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair over Bailey and Natalia. I'm very excited for that tag team because those two girls are great. What do they call the tag team? What what kind of horrible combo name are people going to give them online? Uh, the bossist. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The bossist against <laughs> Bailey and Natty. The the I'm mad at you because you just made me tap out. Team <laughs> like. Yeah, why did that happen on SmackDown tonight? Natty beat Bailey by submission. Why would because, that be the case? Because Bailey was champion for nearly 400 days. So they're now going to play the game with her until the end of time or until they're ready for her to be a champion again, where she just constantly loses. <laughs> it seems strange. Seems like that would be. You know, I'm right, right? Maybe you'd put like Natty against Bianca instead or something you you know i'm right and that's exactly oh, yeah what you're gonna do, right? that's totally gonna be the case it's like when you give the money in the bank to somebody and you're like wow this guy's on his way up so we might as well cut his legs out from underneath <laughs> yeah i'm going uh all baby faces here for anybody who thinks that there's a chance to miss cash is in he's not going to you know what i will say though i'm very surprised that they have never changed a title at a tribute to the troops there's been 18 of them. If they want to do that, there's no reason why they can't have our truth do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, there's been 18 of them. For God's sake, give Sergeant Slaughter the belt. <laughs> <laughs> even, the even if it's the 24-7 title, give it to him. Yeah, give him the belt. Why was Sergeant Slaughter not in that G.I. Joe movie that The Rock was in? This is a random aside, but it just popped in my mind. How was he not in that? He literally is a G.I. Joe character. And The Rock is there. Do you remember the controversy this year about how, like, oh, Sergeant Slaughter lied about being in the Navy? I thought you were going to say that there was some G.I. Joe controversy or something. I'm like, no, I don't really follow G.I. Joe that much. Sergeant Slaughter lied about being in the Navy, and how dare he lie? Uh... He, he's working. He's a wrestler. He also lied about being an Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he lied about pledging allegiance to Saddam Hussein, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this guy, uh, he lied about things that hurt him. Like, the leg drop, I'm sure, would not put him down for a three count. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. You lie in wrestling. That's what it is. That's, that's ridiculous. Anywho, that is the tribute to the troops breakdown. They haven't announced anything else. I doubt that they're going to announce anything else on top of that, too, because if you figure three matches like that, a musical performance, a series of vignettes and video packages about the troops and all that, that's the hour. I don't know if they have commercial breaks. Now I'm thinking about it. Well, if they have commercial breaks, like, and that's even more your so. Local listings. So it might be on at 10 in the morning for you. For me, it's at four o'clock. I'm hoping that's when it's on for me, too. I'm going to try to do, like, play-by-play coverage on Fightful for it. I don't know who listens to this, but that's my plan, because I'm going to be like, hey, I can transition this right into NXT, and no one's going to stop me. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, that's happening whenever it's happening. I, it's 4 o'clock for me on Eastern. 
time zone, at least with my local listings and whatever. So Do you have any football games that are blocking it or some shit? Nothing that I'm aware of. If it is up at a different time and there's spoilers or anything, then I'll update my stuff as soon as I find it. So that way, like in typical fashion, Smartcat Moment will be updated as soon as it possibly can be, because I like to do that. But you mean you like to do your job? Yeah. Well, I mean I don't like to do it, but <laughs> but I do it. <laughs> I like to take pride in my work. Yeah. Oh, good for you, Tony. You know what? I'm so proud of you for taking pride in your work. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be up and then of course we'll roll into the NXT takeover coverage and then we're not going to do a tribute to the troops post show that's just not happening maybe if it's anything interesting we'll talk about it on the war games post show and just go like hey did you check that out earlier this funny thing happened or you something know what's but... funny? I'll tell you what's funny hey let's pay tribute to the troops and then let's go to war <laughs> I didn't even think about that that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like really? Yeah, wow, that's funny. I didn't think about that at all. <laughs> what else uh, could they do to make that even worse? Like uh then they go into like judgment day and then they go into <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it goes from four thirty to five thirty for me. Huh. So again, check your local listings. If there's somebody who it airs at ten in the morning or so, I'm sure that they'll put up stuff ahead of time and I'll I'll do my research. I'll try to figure something out. Uh, Let's go over to the performance center recruits. Cause this one, I don't have really anything to say about. Uh, We've got, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these names, right? Devion Everhart Aiken, otherwise known as Desmond Xavier. Eh, Given the full names, why not? There's Zachary green, otherwise known as Zachary Wentz, Alex Brandenburg or Alex Zane. Sojiro Ikemen Higuchi. Sure. And Riel Howard and Russ Taylor. I don't know a single one of these in the slightest bit. I know that two of them are called the Rascals and they were in Impact. And I don't know anything about them. I couldn't tell you who they are. Didn't even know that the Rascals was spelled with a Z, according to them. Yeah, uh, that's correct. It's This is a complete wash. Normally, there's at least one in these performance center things where it's exactly. like... Like Scarlet, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know Scarlet Bordeaux. Like, you know, I've seen her in a couple things. She wrestled Nia Jackson one time. She did this, whatever. Or they'll be like, hey, it's um, I don't know. Like when they announced like the crop of talent that came in a couple years ago, where it was like, okay, that's a guy that was in the Cruiserweight Classic, or that you know, this is what the rare instance where I'm just like, yep, don't know a single one. Couldn't even tell so, you by looking at the group picture who is who, <laughs> you know? So, okay. According to Ryan Satin of Fox Sports, formerly of TMZ and formerly of Pro Wrestling Sheet. And formerly of WWE Backstage. Uh, correct. Thank you. Um, so, Russ Taylor. That's his name, right? Wait a minute. He's not at Pro Wrestling Sheet anymore? No, he left. Huh. To work at Fox. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> anyway, uh, according to him, Russ Taylor apparently was from Ring of Honor. Never saw a single thing he did there, and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Never saw a single thing he did there. Eichmann was trained by Tajiri, and Alex Shelley says he's very, very, very good. So that's all <laughs> I need to know that I'll probably like this guy. Now. Alex Zane wrestled for Game Changer Wrestling. 
So he did some of the death match, ah, the death match stuff, easy for me to say. Uh, he wrestled for, you know, Ring of Honor, all the uh, indies, the popular indies of the day. And then there's Dez and Wentz, who wrestled for Impact. Now they have a third. They have a third guy with them, typically, called Trey Miguel. No fucking clue why they didn't pick up Trey Miguel. No clue why nobody asked Triple H mm. on a media call. Why didn't you pick up Trey Miguel? Or what about the Rascals? But Ryan Satin did ask that he said, hey, what do you think about them? And Triple H says, when you're looking at young talent, there's always talent out there, and you have to look past where they are, what they're doing, how they've gotten to where they are, what sort of exposure they have, what sort of exposure and information they've been given. Did they all figure it out on their own, or is someone else helping to guide them? All of those things. So you look at all these talents, and these are two kids. These are the two kids that I think I'm very impressed with the things they've done. But I don't know that they've really had a lot of a helping hand to get them where they are. They just sort of figured it out on their own. They figured out their personality. They figured out their charisma. They figured out the in-ring style and have made it their own. I'm a big fan of that. So right off the bat, we see that Triple H likes the Rascals. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of those glowing endorsements where instead of him saying, like, well, we like to pick up a lot of people and we'll see what happens. If he's saying, I like these guys, these are two guys I'm really into, whatever, that means that he he gives them a big thumbs up, which it's kind of curious if the third guy didn't get signed because he wasn't like that or if he is holding out in some fashion, like he thinks he's worth a better deal and he didn't want to sign with the two of them. Or maybe he doesn't want to be a part of a tag team anymore. Maybe there's some kind of a problem. Maybe. With like if his past or an injury or like remember when like Nigel McGinnis Nigel, and Daniel oh, Bryan. When I was gonna go with Nigel. They were supposed to come in at the same time and Nigel, they were like, sorry, we can't, like medical reasons and everything got in the way of that. So And he was well, he does the Desmond Wolf thing, and then they immediately like he just falls off the face of the earth for a while. Strange. You don't know anything about uh, Enriel Howard, right? Uh, she was a WNBA draftee, I think. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm all for now that we've gotten a significant amount of people who are well-versed in the indies and stuff, I'm all for people who know nothing about wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the Performance Center is if you know something here's what missing information you might need. If you don't know anything, let's start you fresh. Let's teach you. So we've seen people that are not pro wrestlers learn how to become better pro wrestlers than the people who have been wrestling for decades. So I'm all for any of these having some potential. I just have no idea about any of them. So I can't tell you my favorite match because I've never seen Anything other than the still image that they have on WWE.com, I haven't even seen. Would you a believe clip me if I told you that Wentz, Dez, and uh, the other one whose name escaped me, Alex Zane? The same. Would you believe me if I told you that they all flip? No. Do they do suicide dives too? No. Super kicks? They do. They do. Well, shit. They're, you might as well sign them because that's all you need to do these days. I think Zane has even done a Tope Suicida. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm so sick and tired of that kind of style sometimes. 
So very quickly, let me toss out a plug in the meantime here. Uh, I mentioned before, you've got that join button on the YouTube channel. If you want to hit that, that is a great way to show some direct support for the website, just as the applause button is. And if you click on the join thing, you'll see a whole bunch of different tiers. They're the same as what we have on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash smartcowmoment, maybe you're listening to us on like Spotify or Amazon Music or something, go over to the Patreon. And if you want to donate whatever those different tiers are, whatever you got that you want to help us out with, that is all just awesome. Even a dollar can go a long way, especially the more people that do that. You know, a little bit of lifting up, uh, lending a hand can go a long way and everything. So there's also the $10 and up dark cast tier. Not entirely sure what we're going to be doing for the next one of those. I know that there's going to be, of course, another one of the Paul Heyman Smackdown reviews coming up. We're going to be reviewing softcore porn, essentially. I've essentially <laughs> okay now i'm kind of actually you know what don't tell me because that's that's kind of a uh maybe that's a little hook if you want to hear apparently robin callum reviews softcore porn sort of softcore porn-esque then yeah. <laughs> you know that's something to, to keep in mind and maybe we'll do another one of them if we do i don't know exactly what we'll do but we'll figure it out at some point and there's the pick or poison tier where you can make sure that we do some kind of a gimmick that we maybe aren't getting around to, or you want us to do another one of something, or you really, really just want us to focus on a particular topic, then that is the way to make sure that we do that. But all that stuff is just the best. And if you do have the spare change and you do want to help us out on the monetary side of things, just know that all that stuff goes into helping make things better. So the same thing happens for the merchandise shops. I've been seeing couple different things here and there people picking up some stuff like a mask or a sticker or a t-shirt or whatever so if anybody has and you're listening thank you so much for that but there are tea public and red bubble shops and there are different ones for a mango teas and smart out moment and actually fanboys anonymous obviously if you don't know what fanboys anonymous is go and check that site out because fanboysanonymous.com even now still after all this time i'm getting some people on the feedback that are saying that they didn't know that Fanboys Anonymous existed. I'm not entirely sure what more I can do to make people understand what Fanboys Anonymous you know what, is. Tony, I think you should reference it a little more, don't you? It seems kind of crazy to me. Like, because if people are saying that they listen to the podcast and that they check out the articles, I don't really know what else there is. Uh, but if you don't know by any chance, by some weird way, maybe this is your first episode you're listening or something, or maybe. You've tuned it out every other time. Fanboysanonymous.com. Literally the same layout, essentially, as uh, Smart Out Moment, just different types of segments, and it revolves around the whole geek culture spectrum. It's mostly just me. Rob joins me every once in a while for some other things here and there, but it's stuff about movies and video games and comics and TV shows and superhero stuff and, like, The Mandalorian, the most recent episode. Fucking great. Go to talk about that a little bit on the next Week in Geek. You know, I maintain and I make my money through wrestling, but I maintain that if Fanboys Anonymous would just gain traction, that would be the thing that makes Tony a wealthy individual. That's what would make Tony a happy man, too. (laughs) I'm always more passionate about movies than I am about wrestling. So if you think that I'm passionate about pro wrestling, the way that I rant about things and all that, just ask me to start getting into like uh, Star Wars or something, you know? start talking about the last jedi and i'll just be like there's a million things wrong and here's what i would do instead and then you know 
So check out fanboysanonymous.com. Show some love to that. It's the sister site. It's the blue brand. It's the, I don't know, the, the little baby. Uh, it's the little Grogu of this whole setup. So, Poor yeah. Grogu. Let's head over to another hot tag here. Let's go to the Triple H media call. We're talking about how you said, why didn't anybody ask about the other one of the radicals? People did ask about rascals. some other radicals for different people. Rascals. Yeah. Okay. Radicals, radicals. Spell both spelled with a Z, right? With the Z at the end, yeah. And that's what's throwing me off then. Um, Triple H did get asked a few other questions, and normally we don't go over the whole media call things and stuff, but this one was pretty interesting. In particular, for one thing, I have been ragging Triple H all year about two things that he has said that really just, I don't know, it gets under my skin. Earlier this year, we were told that the way that they were going to replace Roman Reigns with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania was this whole setup. This was very unique and you just got to watch it to see what happens. And you don't want to spoil the end of the movie and whatever. And it sucked. It was like, I am by the way, it's Braun Strowman. And that's literally not even an exaggeration. Michael yeah, Cole was and now Goldberg will defend against Braun Strowman. I was like, oh, okay. And they just moved straight on. It was just like, uh, you know, uh, Natalia is going to fight Liv Morgan at the kickoff, and Braun Strowman is now going to replace Roman Reigns against Goldberg, and for the Intercontinental Championship, it's and it's like, uh, uh, what? So, that's one thing that didn't pan out, and earlier this year, when Rhea Ripley lost the NXT Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair, which I maintain is one of the biggest mistakes that they made this entire year, Triple H tried to reassure everybody, and he said, like, hold on, this is going to make a whole lot more sense in a few months. Trust us. And somebody had the balls. I don't know who it was. Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Thank you, Jason, for doing this, because that is what people should be doing in these scenarios. He says, in a much nicer way than how I'm going to phrase it here, yeah, the fuck happened with that? (laughs) Well, no, I want to go a step further here, because I don't know if she was talking to... Uh, Lillian on her podcast, but Rhea Ripley said somewhere, yeah, losing the belt to Charlotte Flair and then them doing nothing with me kind of caused some confidence issues for me. You know, and you start As to worry. it should, yeah, because she literally, it was like, let's build you up so you can drop it to Charlotte because Charlotte's our girl and who cares what else. And then we'll, you know, we'll figure it all out we'll for you. And then they didn't do anything. She has done nothing this year. I'm going to spoil one of the end of the year awards. She is, if not my choice, she is one of my main options for biggest downgrade for this year. Because she just, she has not played out all that well. So I get I it. Don't I don't know if I'd call her the biggest downgrade, but we'll get into that later on. So she says that, and this guy, Jason, he says... You know, hey, she mentioned that, and like, what the hell happened with all this? You said that it was going to be something we would understand. It's been a couple months, <laughs> like, you know. What's... And Triple H, in so many words, said, "Yeah, he went COVID. Hello, <laughs> he went COVID. Lol. <laughs> Just like you got me there, pal. Like, uh, that didn't work out, and it's not going to." And sometimes that sucks, but hey, you know what? You bounce back, and if you're good enough, like it doesn't fucking matter. No, like I told you, he gave the best dad answer I've ever heard in my life. He was like, "Yeah, well, you know, this was a big step back for her, and 
hey, she's going to come back from this and it's going to be a learning experience. And she'll essentially not actually saying this, but in so many words saying, and one day she'll look back on this and she'll thank us. For this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a very, like when your parents screw something up for you and instead of just going, hey, we fucked up, they're like, no, no, you're going to look back on this moment. You're going to thank us, pal. Because this is some tough love that we teach yeah. you some lessons because you can't just have everybody do everything for you. you got to fight for this. Right? And it's like, didn't she do that to the point where she got the title to begin with? Wasn't that kind of the whole purpose? No, no, but no, no, I, no. I See, we like, we know what we're doing. I'm on Hunter too much because he does circle back around to, yeah, and as far as creatively, yeah, that's not what we wanted and we're not going to get to see what we wanted. And was honest about it. You know, he's like... Listen, COVID sucked, and yeah, we're not going to get to do what we wanted. Now, I really want to, now that we've fully established that that was bullshit, (laughs) (laughs) and that it's not happening, and they've diverted far enough away from it that Triple H feels confident enough to say it didn't happen and it's not going to, I want to know what the plan was. I think, and now here's the thing. I know, trademark. But um, I believe he said that initially going into TakeOver in your house, right? Pretty much. Where Charlotte was defending the belt against EO and Shirai. EO and Shirai. EO and Ripley. And that was early. That was mid-June. Yeah, it, no, it, was, it was actually, I think, on the post-show for that. Because if I remember correctly, people were they brought it up asking why did Rhea Ripley drop the title and get pinned? Right. I think that that's what it was. And I was like, oh, if you if you uh, watch this story unfold, you'll understand why we did this. That kind of thing. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because of how honestly, with the way COVID was and is to this very day, like maybe they thought, okay, it's May, but you know what? We we can uh, this thing will clear by August and we can get this shit going at SummerSlam and then Charlotte decides, you know what, I'm having trouble with my surgeries, I'm gonna go away for a while and then it becomes, oh fuck, Rhea we lost our story with Rhea and Charlotte. Now they can still right the wrong. All they have to do is literally have Ripley win the Rumble. You know what? I think maybe their plan might have been. I didn't think about this beforehand, but while you were just saying this, it popped in my mind. Maybe their idea was that weird thing that they do every once in a while where they think that by somebody losing, that's going to help their character out because they're going to respond to the loss. And it'll be Rhea had her head in the clouds. She soared too high. Icarus, you know, the the wings melted, that kind of thing. And she takes the pin so that way she can flip out and turn heel and beat a babyface Charlotte on the main roster. See, I don't know if that's what I want to see, but I, I can see them thinking that's what you want to see. Because Rhea came in as not babyface, not heel, just a girl in the May Young Classic. The next time around, they tweaked her to be, she's not quite a heel, but she's pretty much the heel, where she was like, they didn't really have like heels in the second one. 
the same way, like one or two people played full blown heel, and most of the other ones were like, all right, so that's the heel in this match. And Rhea was like suddenly kind of the heel. And then she goes to NXT UK and she is 100% the heel. That's when they give her the NXT Women's uh, UK Women's Championship. She has that run. They switch over and they give her the belt as a babyface with Shayna, but they love their heel champions in NXT. I think that they've got this tendency that they've shown before where when you give a babyface a championship in NXT, they typically don't hold it all that long. But if you give it to a heel, suddenly they can hold it for half a year or longer. And maybe their philosophy was we need to get her back to being a heel because that's where the real money is, is big top uh, heel Rhea Ripley who's dominant and she could be the next dominant one because they really like to have the dominant champions. Shayna Baszler, Asuka, um, Kevin Owens was, Adam Cole technically speaking, even though he wasn't like a big and imposing guy, he held it for longer than anybody else. They love that. So if that's their tendency, maybe that's what they were planning on doing. And then when they realized that they were like, fuck, we can't do the whole Charlotte's the baby face. And she's, I also think that their plan was Charlotte is going to be on NXT long enough that she's going to boost the ratings. And they didn't realize that nobody cares that much enough about Charlotte to bump the ratings up that considerably. You can't even say that because, well, okay, bro, let me backtrack. You can say that because I personally don't think that that was actually going to play out well for anybody. But once everything moved to the PC, who the hell was going to want to see Charlotte in like, you know, that whole, that thing lost its whole steam because the whole thing was going to be, Oh cool. We get to see Charlotte on NXT. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to the shows, it's Oh cool. We get to see Charlotte in Full sale. Hey, remember when, and I'm talking like December now, but remember how like it was supposed to be, this is the end of NXT in full sale and yeah. they're going to start traveling. Remember that? Yeah. Strange. Oh. <laughs> but I do feel like that might've been the thing. Maybe it was Charlotte's going to be the savior of the ratings because they think that, that she's, you know, the, the best thing in the world. She was on there for a few episodes. It didn't, really tweak things all that much a little bit of a bump once in a while but that wasn't much i mean you when you go from like a you know 620,000 people to 625,000 it's like all right that's not a big difference different story if she would have bet on there and they went to like 1.6 million then it'd be like oh shit okay i get it you know but i think that maybe that would have been the thing and now that they realized like he said they didn't go in the direction it's not going to now. I think that maybe the one thing you can point at, the two things that you can point at is there is no Charlotte and Rhea Ripley still just a babyface doing nothing. I don't think it had do anything think, to do with EO, for instance. So, well, never mind. I'll talk more about that when we get to NXT. But I did enjoy his answer, even if it was just like the best. Hey, pal, come, let me give you some advice. Come sit on my lap. Kind of answer but like you know he had just enough company speak to not just say yeah you know shit happens sorry because he got it twisted in some way sometimes he like you know how tony khan got angry and the mirror thing 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? Sometimes he wants to get fucking like, all right, guys, fuck off. Like, what, oh, I'm sure that. Fuck? Yeah, I'm sure that that's the case. <laughs> like, you're gonna ask me what happened? What do you think happened? It's called COVID. You fucking piece of shit. Like, see though, that's where I think maybe I'm not normal when it comes to this. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm fair more than I should be, or maybe I'm outspoken more than I should be, or whatever. But to me. I would have so much more respect for somebody in any kind of company that just flat out talks like this and does not have company speak because Triple H saying that half of what he said was company speak. And I was like, this is a bullshit answer. He's dancing around the topic. And the other half was when he, he brought down that barrier and then he was just a normal guy. And that's where we got the real answer. Because when he goes into the whole, well, it's a learning experience and you can't just win everything and everybody assumes that you should have an easy ride and whatever, that's like, okay, this is the trained answer that you're spinning things. But then before and after that, when he goes, yeah, shit went sideways and we all know the fuck what happened and we couldn't do it. Sorry. That's the real answer. And all you have to do is say that. Well, but hold on. Then there's the idea that you love to harp on the whole well, long-term booking. And they explain with this answer that in their minds, long-term booking is like five, ten years down the line. That's not the first time we heard that this year. Because Braun Strowman says that Vince McMahon told him, I'm not worried about what you're doing in two months. I'm worried about what you're doing in five years. So they had this weird thing in their minds nowadays that like, oh no, we're all building towards the next five years of our company. You can see that in some ways with like the transition to the new headquarters, but it does not work for everything. Like, I mean, but like a transition to a headquarters is much different than exactly the booking of talent, you know? That's where it's like one of the big differences is like somebody like a Dominic Mysterio, you can full blown say, we're trying to figure out what he can be doing in the next five, 10 years and go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Cause that guy is learning how to wrestle. I'm sure. They don't have as detailed of a plan as what, like, what you or I could set up. Because, like, if I wanted to, I could plan out a whole outline of, like, what I would do for five and ten years for somebody like a Dominic. For instance, he should, at some point, win the tag titles with his dad. He should put a mask on at some point. He should maybe win the mask away from his dad and take the mask off as a heel or something. He should, and it like, you know, so on and so forth. He should feud with this person and that person, and they should do this storyline. Like, I'm sure that if they wanted to, they could plan out at least a rough outline of five years for somebody like him. But that doesn't apply to something where it's just like, okay, the Seth Rollins feud. Well, we'll figure out that like where that'll go for the next five, 10 years, and that's the long-term booking. No, you're not. You're wasting time, and you're fooling yourselves into thinking that you're planning for the future when you can't plan out SmackDown until 10 minutes before the episode anyway. So Bro, that's pissing me off. It's annoying as all hell. So like, I don't buy that long-term booking thing. I buy that as the delusion yourself. Uh, you know how like, <laughs> this is a kind of a weird analogy, but follow me on this, everybody. You know how people on Facebook, you can tell who is terrible in a relationship by who is constantly posting inspirational quotes about how they don't need to be in a relationship. Yes. And it's like, so you keep telling yourself that sweetheart that you, 
you don't need a man or like all oh, girls are all awful or whatever it is and be like okay sure because the next five things you're going to post are how you wish that you had somebody that could cuddle you tonight or how you wish whatever and it's like you are flat out lying to yourself that's the story you've told yourself that makes you feel better at least temporarily that what you are doing is not fucking things up what you are doing is you're just following the plan and you're just you know, I'm not heading in this direction. I'm heading in that direction. That's why it looks like I'm fucking up is because I'm actually doing this whole mastermind thing. And it's like, now you're fucking up and you don't want to admit it. And that's what these kind of long, long-term plan for five years, 10 years. No, you're not. We know from the history of WWE, you do not plan five to 10 years in advance. You plan a few things one year in advance used to be that they planned like all their major shit a year in advance now i don't even think they plan six months in advance Mm -mm. i think they have and i'm not talking about covid either i just mean yeah just in general yeah like you cannot tell me that undertaker versus shane mcmahon and a feud about a lockbox was their plan a month before that bro well okay now that i think all comes down to uh uh-oh sting nearly got decapitated Against Seth Rollins, let's, uh, we can't do Undertaker versus Sting. Like, I think that's what happened there. Even in those scenarios, though, for big deals, you need backup plans. That's what you should always do. And if you're planning a year in advance or five years in advance, you need to have formulated backup plans. That's just what planning is all about. Like, think about it this way. I'm planning a wedding. I made sure when we're, that we, this is a year in advance from now, a little bit less than a year at this point. And I made sure with every single place that we've looked at, that we've made sure that they have options for if it rains that day. Now I'm hoping that it doesn't, but we don't know, of course, what the weather is going to be like until the day that it happens. But if it does rain, we know we got places like figured out after we looked at everything that it's like, okay, well the outside thing looks nice and the inside version looks nice. And we like that. That's how you do it. Now, of course, if a tornado comes over along and it ruins the half of the East coast, and then, then it's like, all right, we couldn't have planned for that one. I get it. If you're a week before WrestleMania and your champion has a broken leg and you got to figure something out. Okay, sure. Yeah. Then it's all haywire and crazy. And then and to be fair, like this year, I don't think there will ever be anything like what they had to plan for. This for year. some of these things, yeah. But then for some other things, it's like, no, you just didn't plan. And I think it's okay if you don't plan things out to the like littlest minute detail. And then some other things get a little bit messed up. Or maybe, you know, you change something on the fly because like an angle catches on and you want to make a bigger deal out of it or whatever. That's how you should kind of respond. You shouldn't just be strict and rigid. But you can't act like you're actually planning things out for five years when you are booking things week to week and you don't even know what's happening at the end of the episode. That's not how it works. So I don't buy into this Rhea Ripley story being some like five-year-long plan that they were going to build to or something. I think that their idea of a five-year plan for Rhea Ripley is the same thing we've been hearing from Triple H, which is, oh, she's going to be the top one. Right. I think when Triple H, and he's a good guy to say this, when he says five-year plan, he means 
Well, you know, in 1996, I was just Hunter Hersomsley. By 2001, I was the gay. Like, I think that's what he thinks when he says a five-year plan. You Which, know, that, yeah, like, it's it's not a plan. It's more so we're hoping that you can progress to that so level in five years. In you, and let's hope that like you yeah. Know and then when they cut people out from underneath themselves, and then they go, yeah, it's been five years. You didn't do this yet. And it's like, that's because you didn't, you know, give them the creative to do that. You didn't uh, help them. Oh, no, and... man. Five-year plan. <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird, though, a five- to ten-year plan when there's some people who their careers were less than that? I know. Austin. Like, Yeah. Austin was not from 1997, the, the heyday, to 2007. And it's weird oh. to think that, because... Isn't it strange to go, oh, Austin, arguably the most popular, if not the second or third most popular of all time, depending on The Rock and Hulk Hogan and whatever. And it's like, oh, everybody knows. Yeah, Austin, great feuds with The Rock and Triple H and so on and so forth. And then you're like, yeah, dude, he was like a fraction of the time that John Cena was. I know. Um, if, you're, if you're really liberal about it, you can say from 96 to 03. But if you're talking peak... Austin, we're talking like like ninety eight to one, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, like we're not talking about a long time here, guys. And that's crazy because that's like the time frame that Aaliyah's been on NXT. Like she's been on there longer. <laughs> that's less of a time frame than when Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy were in NXT as tag team champions. Yeah, look at that. I mean, it's it's wild. I think John Cena spoiled them. And them bit. thinking that they can get a 10-year run out of everybody? Yeah. And you got to figure, too, there's a lot of people that are in that kind of realm, like The Miz, Dolph Ziggler. Those guys have been around for, you know, a decade. Sheamus Kofi Kingston. Sheamus has had a 10-year run. It was 10 years ago that Sheamus was already a world champion one time. Yeah, the uh, because which 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 was the Royal Rumble that he that won? Twenty ten. The Royal Rumble. Twenty eleven. No, he won in twenty thirteen. He beat John. He beat John Cena eleven years ago. Hmm. Wow. So that there, yeah, I mean, like they think that that's going to happen with everybody, and I mean, there are some people that it works out like that. Look how long it took Mark Henry to win the world championship, but there's plenty of people who well, like. Don't. Uh, but I think everybody would agree. Mark Henry is not the. Uh, desired career trajectory. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to have those ups and downs like that. You know, uh, Kofi Kingston, everybody loves Kofi Mania. Kofi Kingston is not the desired career trajectory. My favorite, probably, if we're just judging based off of, like, how would you build towards somebody, the ending gets all messed up, of course, but I, I tend to go with Bret Hart. Where it's like, he comes in, he's a guy who's just a guy, he's got a lineage to him, but he hasn't built anything for himself yet. You put him in a tag team, he gets over, he becomes a baby face, people really like him, he gets over enough that you give him the Intercontinental title, people really start liking what he's doing. Eventually you give him the world title and all that, then he becomes a legend. That's how I think that a good majority of people should kind of follow. Everybody's different. Some people like a Brock Lesnar come in, they just whoop ass their champion in no time, and 
that's what happens. But oh, like I think it's been a long time now. People don't remember, but like Randy and Cena did the same thing. Yeah, Randy come in comes in. Mid Carter becomes part of Evolution tag team. Mid card champion. Mid card champion. Oh, you know, graduate to the world title. They mm-hmm. both did that. Yeah, Cena won the United States title. He came in, fought the whole you know, ruthless aggression thing with uh, Kurt Angle, but he didn't go from that to world champion in a month. No, or... if you look at the 2002 Paul Heyman SmackDown podcast that myself and Cal Miggins are covering right now on this very channel, you see that Cena's a schlub. On this very episode that we cover, we dive deep into just how much of a schlub John Cena is at this time. And it's wild. Crazy stuff. So check that out, everybody, if you want more information about that. Yeah, I was, uh, this media call thing, I thought that was kind of funny. I also thought it was funny that, like, NXT UK got a lot of treatment on this. Like, was somebody, out of all the questions they could have asked, they asked about Danny Birch. Yeah, I thought that was, that was so weird. <laughs> was not like, expecting that. Hey, hey, Paul, how you doing? I'm, I'm great. Uh, tell me about Danny Birch. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Like I want to write an article about Primo, <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought that was weird. Uh, somebody asked him, uh, is the, uh, like, you know, I'm glad people ask questions that weren't the same questions. I don't want to make it seem like I'm, you know, saying that they should only ask questions about the main topics and stuff, and be like, so what do you think is going to happen with uh, the future of Roman Reigns as the Tribal Chief? We know he's kicking ass, it's great or whatever. I like when people ask something like. So about Danny Birch, man, like because it's like, yeah, tell me about Danny Birch. Nobody ever fucking talks about that guy. And I and like that. A great answer. Where he's talking about the idea of like, yeah, Danny Birch is the type of guy that basically hangs out, does a great job putting other people over. And I like that he's getting something good going on right now. Yeah. And he's like, listen, guys, not everybody who's ever been awesome is the guy. And he's just like, look at Regal, look at perfect, you know? He's basically just saying, like, Danny Birch is great, and if we weren't all so obsessed with trying to be the guy, you know, you would see that he's great. Yeah. Somebody had asked, like, is the NXT UK Heritage Cup going to be defended elsewhere? To me, it's kind of a, like, yeah, of course. I wouldn't have gone with something like that, but people are asking all of those things. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, um, Maybe they were told ahead of time that you should only really be asking questions about on the NXT spectrum because they were basically trying to promote TakeOver. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's why people aren't like, all right, tell me about Bray Wyatt and Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, and that's it. Or, you know, when's Edge coming back? Like that kind of thing. (laughs) Any other thoughts on that media call you thought were pretty interesting? Uh, No, I I love these. Even the ones that aren't like completely dripping with news like this one. It's just fun to hear Paul talk in a very like free-flowing manner i call them paul which i don't usually do but yeah little mr p (laughs) well i have no media call things but i do have a fan feedback survey and that is one way for you to ask some things or tell me some things mostly to tell me so i know what you guys are thinking but that is up on the website now it's going to be up until we record the smart out moment awards which we haven't decided 100% what day we're doing that, but we're probably going to do it around like 26th or so. Not going to do it on Christmas, obviously. So you got a couple more weeks to be able to do that. And that same poll, which you can find on the sidebar and you can find it on like the extras section and everything. 
that not only has the feedback thing, but it also has the ability for you to vote on the best and the worst segments for the end of the year awards and all that. So I really, really want to make sure that people fill that out because that information actually does go a long way. It makes me know, for instance, if people are listening to this mostly all on YouTube, then that's something to remember that, hey, try to market things more towards YouTube. Try to put more effort into video content instead of just the audio is the only thing that matters. Yet, if people are like, you know what, I really only listen to it on Stitcher. You go like, okay, well, let me make sure that the Stitcher stats are working okay. And maybe make sure that that's the case. Or if people are saying that they really want more gimmicks of a particular type, they really like the top rope lists, or they really like the fan ounce tables, then we'll try to do more of them for next year. If people say that they hate something like wrestling is 2020, well, then you know what? Then we won't do it anymore. Like, whatever it might be, that is how you tell me what you like. So vote on the fan feedback survey. Tell me your information. There's an optional choice to pick your name. You don't have to put your name down for anything. You can if you want to. And just fill it out and let me know. Uh, let's move on to this one sucks, but we got to say it anyway. Uh, unfortunately, Pat Patterson passed away earlier this week. They've been doing the tributes to him. They did the 10 bell salute, of course, before SmackDown started. That was beautiful. It always gives me goosebumps whenever you got a, the 10 bell salute thing. It, I'm going to say something really weird, but there's this odd beauty and this like coming together that happens when a wrestler dies that you don't always see everywhere else like the brotherhood of wrestling really shines through i think that that's applicable for a lot of things but wrestling there's a a certain unity to it that we're always talking about like, ah, oh, the business, everybody's like family and all this other kind of stuff. But like, I don't know. It kind of seems like that's what crosses barriers and people do sort of just, everybody always goes, oh, it makes you think all that other kind of stuff, which I'm sure this year people are thinking a lot. Cause man, this year, Finkel and Patterson this year, Fink Patterson undertakers retired. It's not the same as passing away, thankfully, but, that's still just like, there goes another thing of that. There goes another thing, you know, this person, this legend, that, whatever, that's, it's weird. It sucks. Nothing positive about that, of course. I can't tell you my favorite Pat Patterson match, like, especially going back to before the Stooge days, but it's incalculable how much influence he's had. Just the Royal Rumble alone is not the Royal Rumble without Pat Patterson. So, he is one of the first people in a while who passes and like not only does everybody have nice things to say, everybody just goes off about the importance what that uh Pat Patterson left in their lives. And it really has been touching to see so many people just come out and say how much Pat Patterson meant to them. Yeah, it sucks. Rest in peace. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's never really anything we can dive too deep into. You don't um, have like a favorite Patterson moment or something? Trying to think about something. Because I mean, I was firmly into the, the Stooge era when I was a kid. So that stuff was always fun for me. 
Probably would be uh, something along those lines. I think I never saw that tournament in Rio de Janeiro. So, <laughs> okay, all right. So here's a fun story. So when I was a kid, I'm probably talking 12, 13, 14. I don't know. But like when I really decided that I was going to get knee deep into like the history of wrestling, I searched high and low at every forum and every uh, downloading site, LimeWire, Kazaa, whatever the hell I could find for something linking to this first like intercontinental championship <laughs> match do you understand like i did not get that uh, until i was a little bit older like oh yeah of course that there was no tournament in rio de janeiro like come <laughs> on yeah and that was the type of thing too uh, even as a kid for me i was like uh, this is like before the internet was a thing uh this is you know when people would have like this is even before when people would have those old Angel Fire and Geo Cities pages that would have like a bunch of dancing Pikachu's on it and all that. Uh, <laughs> like before that was the case, I had heard about Pat Patterson's the first Intercontinental Champion and he won the belt in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck Rio de Janeiro is because I'm an ignorant little fucking kid. And uh, I'm like, okay, so that's an old guy that won a title. Okay. To me, I just, it was like, sure. Same as if you said Bob Aglin was champion for like three years and whatever. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. That must've happened. Cause I didn't go deep diving into the older, older stuff. To me, the range that I really watched mostly, and this is why I know more about some of this range than I do even like the more recent stuff in some ways was around like the first WrestleMania upward. So like those first 12 WrestleManias, like I knew a shit ton of information about that. I've lot, uh, lost some of it over the years, but like I could tell you more about the fact that like, you know, who Nails is rather than to tell you anything about somebody who was a big deal in 2005. Because it's like, well, I'm watching that, you know. So we're actually, we might do something about that uh, next week, about 2006. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But I never looked for this Pat Patterson tournament. I just assumed that it was one of those old timey, the guys are big and they brawl with each other and they just, you know, somebody won with uh, a headlock, <laughs> you know, that See, kind but of. But for me, like, that almost drew me to it more because I like tournaments and I wanted to see, you know, an old timey tournament. And how did my favorite championship ever come to be? And they, they gave Pat a belt, is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, hey, hey, Pat, you want to be champion? <laughs> I, you know, but Patterson's great. I've heard Sean and Razor and Hunter say nothing but great things about him. Even uh, Nash, you know, has had great memories of Pat Patterson. Seems like so most people do. It's it's really just sad, and all you can say is rest in peace. End of an era for sure. I'm very curious to hear what. Bruce Pritchard has to say on the next episode. Yeah. I'm sure that this is one of the, yeah, this is going to be one of the toughest ones I'm sure for him. Cause he seems to be one of those people that was just like full blown family. It was just Bruce, Pat and Vince. Right. Yeah. The triumvirate that was really responsible. A lot of things. Wow. What's the, uh, which one's which for the, uh, The Holy Ghost and then that, that kind of like the Holy Trio, you know. Um, huh. So 
I would put Pat as the I mean, spirit. Vince is the father. Yeah. Bruce is the son and the, the Pat Patterson's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, that's by the way, if you don't know, uh, on the feedback thing, there's one of the options is, uh, you know, what kind of segments are you interested in? One of the things is, it's, it might be filed under a play the game, but it's mix up and match up. And or mix and match up. I forget exactly what I titled it. But that is the basic idea. It's like right then you're given a like who out of this list would fill into this list type of thing. We did it before recently with like which of the four horsewomen would fit into Degeneration X, I think. And we were saying like this person's like Charlotte is the Triple H and like that kind of thing or whatever. I think we did that. We did do that, I think. So like that, I was like, you know what? We can make that like a whole segment or something. So uh, if you like that idea of what we just did right there, where it was like the father, the son, the Holy Ghost, and whatever, like, you know, that's uh, something to vote for. But Pat Patterson, I'm curious to hear more about that kind of stuff. Uh, if anybody has any suggestions about a really great segment or a really great promo or anything like that, drop it in the comments below. Share it with everybody else. Uh, let's move on to... I'll save this. Uh, let's save uh, AEW for the last topic. Let's go around the horn here with some of the other things from WWE this week. So we got Monday Night Raw. We had a Symphony of Destruction match, which hey, is the third one. I'm of shocked at how many Symphony of Destruction matches they've had. You know who else was shocked? Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 Go ahead. Elias, because he got electrocuted. <laughs> I had to. Uh, it was a thing. Nothing really all that great. No, hold on. Jeff Hardy's fucking nasty. So I'm done. That's the only what? thing that's really worth talking about other than the fake what electrocution. What is Jeff Hardy doing? Like, stop it. He's like, well, Matt did this earlier in the year. Fucked up his head. I want to do something too. Uh, it seems like he's okay. That's good, obviously. But yeah. that was uh, that was a risky thing to do. Maybe not do that ever again. Yeah, I agree. We got some stuff with uh, Retribution. I'm really not a big fan of how Mustafa Ali now every promo is. I'm gritting my teeth at everything that I see. Every fucking promo. I'm more bothered by what happened later in the evening with Slapjack beating uh, Ricochet. Oh, with the no. later on uh, Mia Yim. Yeah, she wrestles as Reckoning. And she loses her mask and loses to Dana Brooke. And Mustafa Ali is, of course, pissed about how, uh, you know, there's no failure in here. Or as he would say, there's no failure in here. I'm taking the worst shit. And um, I'm guessing that they're just like, eh, okay, you're out of retribution. I really hope so for her sake. She is so much better than this. Not to say that the rest of them aren't. Mustafa Ali, he's great. Dominic Dijakovic, fantastic. But, man, Mia Yim is in a bad fucking spot with this. This is the first match that she had after all this time, and she loses to it. And she loses her mask and all that. And it's just awful. They need to just send her away for the rest of the year. Say that Mustafa Ali said, you lost and you're out of the group. And then she can just show up at the Royal Rumble as Mia Yim. Yeah, I guess you could do that. And just, they could just act like nothing happened. Just, I have Mia Yim here. You know, she's had some great matches in NXT and whatever. 
act like nothing at all happened and people will forgive it. I'll just go, oh, me, yeah, yeah, okay. And then somebody down the line will make some kind of a joke about, hey, like, you know, I was winning matches when you were still wearing a dumbass mask in a reckoning group or whatever, a retribution group. And the yeah. crowd will go, oh, remember that reference? Ah, oh, Husky Harris, like, you know, whatever, something like <laughs> <laughs> So, not a big fan of what's happening with that at all. She needs to get out of that group for her own sake. Not a fan of uh, we're getting TLC, Asuka, and Lana are going to fight Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the tag titles because they beat you know the tag team champions. They didn't immediately declare it a table match, and now I'm worried that they're just not going to. I think they're waiting until next week. I think that they're going to put Asuka and Lana through a table, and Jax and Baszler are going to say, you know what, fine, you want to fight us for the titles? You're going to fight us on a tables match. And then uh, Tom Phillips and all them will go, oh my God, it's a tables match now. We haven't seen that happen. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I Rare moment where you have more optimism than I do because I'm just kind of worried that if they didn't say it immediately, they're not going to do it. If they don't, they are flat out stupid because that's how you have to do it. And I call bullshit on that five to ten year uh, plan because <laughs> that's just... You can't get around not doing that. You have to do that. It's just how it has to work. Certain things in fiction just have to work out unless you purposely don't want it to be good. That's not saying that this match is going to be good if it's a tables match. It's not going to. But at least then you're following your right trajectory. Kind of like how the problem with the most recent set of Star Wars movies was you undid everything that went happened uh, ahead of time. And you just go, that is the one thing that you should not do because you can take it in any other direction other than to go, yeah, yeah, never mind. And that's what happened with Terminator, Dark Fate. Uh. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) fanboysanonymous.com. Um... Ms. Oh, John Morrison God. has Seamus on Ms. TV. They've been doing a lot with this Seamus and Drew McIntyre stuff, which I think is great, where, like, Seamus is fighting them off, and Drew McIntyre later on is like, ah, you're a tough guy, you can fucking deal with it. Like, just kind of busted his balls. <laughs> and I am more... Like, oh, they're going to fight at WrestleMania for the title. I think that they might. Not Mania. It might they're not just... happen to Mania, but I think that at this point, we're already getting Styles out of the Mania. way. And... If we get Styles out of the way, and the original plan was Braun Strowman, I don't know how long Strowman's going to be out, but maybe they get him around to Braun Strowman for Royal Rumble. Maybe they do him for Elimination Chamber. I don't think Braun versus Drew would be a Mania thing. It might be. I don't know. And that's a, as a fan. Sound like WrestleMania to me. But and I do. Maybe you know what? Maybe I'm just spoiled by Brock Lesnar. But like. None of these have the weight of Brock Lesnar. That's where I think that maybe the Seamus thing does come in. Because it doesn't have that weight. But at the same time, what's the better alternative? Like, I would have rather have seen, for instance, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. I feel like that's a bigger match. But they're doing that now. So I don't want them to just loop around to it again. Because then it'll be like, oh, we just saw that in December. Who cares? But... If they spend the next few months building up Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus as like their friends and then they turn, I mean, that is kind of the best thing you can get. Because other than that, you're just going to do him against Avocado or Drew McIntyre against, 
I don't know, Seth Rollins and he just moves over to Raw instead or something. Like, nah. So I do think that there's a good chance that the Sheamus thing might be the WrestleMania feud. It's kind of crazy. That is pretty crazy. So they won the main event match by DQ. There was a whole thing with um, Styles trying to help out the Miz cash in the money in the bank. And then uh, they start getting into a whole big thing like that and arguing and everything. Didn't work out. Of course, he didn't cash in the money in the bank. So Miz is still holding that. I don't think that they have any kind of a game plan for the Miz. I think he's holding it past Mania. We'll see about that. So I just want to point out like this great moment of like the more things change, but they stay the same. A DLC in 2010, it was King Sheamus in a number one contender's ladder match against John Morrison, and the winner of that got to fight The Miz. And I'm beginning to think it's going to be a handicap ladder match for that Money in the Bank briefcase. Between Sheamus, Miz, and... and Miz and Morrison. Huh. At TLC? Yeah. Maybe. And if they do that, then Sheamus cashing in on McIntyre. I don't think I, that he I should win the title, but win. I don't think I don't think Sheamus should get to cash it in twice. Nah, I'd, I'd rather have the Miz win another championship. Uh, Cedric Alexander beat Xavier Woods. They did a weird thing with that. The hurt business in them, yeah. Um, they did a weird thing afterward where Cedric just left the hurt business, and they were just looking around like, "The fuck's this guy going?" Or maybe he was just too excited. He doesn't usually win. He was excited. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. And really nothing else happened all that much on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, obviously, there's little things in the meantime. It's like, you know, they're talking about Xavier Woods hosting G4 stuff and whatever, but we talked about that already. Well, there's the Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt stuff. And people were praising this. They were like, oh, this is some of the best stuff Alexa's ever done on the mic. And I watched it. I've grown accustomed to watching Raw through clips on YouTube. I've and, grown uh, accustomed to what? Do you really... think... Sorry. Uh, yeah, but I thought it was good. I like the fact that Randy Orton is calculated and he's just like, I burned down his house. I'm just going to find the next thing that drives him crazy and do it again. And then I'll be done with him again. I'm not digging the feud. We'll talk about it when we get to the predictions, but... Not doing anything for me. Uh, the NXT side of things, Damian Priest and Leon Ruff beat Santos Escobar and Raul Mendoza. Cameron Grimes beat August Gray. Jake Atlas beat Tony Nice. Pat McAfee cut another great promo about how they're going to beat the Undisputed Era at TakeOver. For a second. CM Punk. See what he tweeted? About that, like, uh, everybody should be ashamed that he's the best on the mic. <laughs> he's like, you should all be ashamed that he can do this better than you. And then he went a step further and he was like, and I don't think he needs to stay in wrestling, but he is the best thing on the show not named Rhea Ripley. So we know that CM Punk is a fan of Pat McAfee and he's a fan of Rhea Ripley. I wonder if he's got a five-year plan for her. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McAfee's great. We've sang his praises a lot. We're probably going to do the same thing on um, Sunday night when we talk about the post show. 
Got a little bit more out of the Shifu and Boa and Zaya Lee stuff, but still no information about who the master is. Still no idea on my part. I have no idea where this is going. I'm going with Karen Q. It's got to be Karen Q. Just weird she's to think that she would be the master, you know? She's the only other Chinese woman. Because otherwise, whatever they're doing is just extremely racist. Because they can't just pull out another Asian woman and be like, yeah, you, you're Chinese. Right. No. It would be kind of weird if they're just like, Miko Satomura, you're from China now. And she'd be like, well, no, I'm not. And they could go, well, we told uh, Rikishi that he's the fucking sultan. So you should like, you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. So it makes me interested in it. Got a weird thing going on with Grizzled Young Veterans now. They they seem like they're kind of babyface. They're not allowed to be babyface. My shoes aren't on, so I hate seconds. <laughs> they uh, were going to fight Everrise, and Imperium attacked Everrise and said, fuck you. This is our tag team division. We want to fight you, not Everrise. So the Imperium versus uh, Grizzled Young Veterans, and Everrise attacks both of them and says, you know, hey, assholes, stop attacking us, essentially. So I'm assuming that we get some kind of a triple threat match next week or the week afterward or so. And between those teams, Zach Gibson and James Drake are kind of the baby faces by default. Seems weird. I don't like it. Yeah, they're not baby faces. That might just be a temporary thing. You know, we've seen like Braun Strowman go babyface heel a little bit this year. But I'm putting a pin in it for now for anybody that's wondering about the heel and face turn list. I don't know if it's a full babyface turn. It's just strange. Hmm. But I can't like Gibson and keep my shoes on. Yeah. Okay. I need to hate him and take them off. Then uh, everybody can chant and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we talked about the Shotzi thing so that's already out of the mix well hold on did this promo we heard they're like oh we got a surprise for you every war machine needs an engine and then this thing is just shining they pull up a curtain something is shining I can't. I cannot believe this was Io Shirai glowing underneath a sheet no, it's uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul. What? <laughs> That's uh, the theory in Pulp Fiction. Or what's glowing in the briefcase. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird because it's like, this like... is... They did that before with every um, every war machine needs a, needs a weapon, I think is what she had said. And that was like, okay, this is like the tank weapon, but it's also Rhea Ripley giving it to her because Rhea Ripley's the weapon of the team. So it seems like it should be well, the engine is Io Shirai, but is it's... Io the engine? By the way, still, Shotzi, what are you bringing to the dance? Her helmet. <laughs> Good, don't lose it again. <laughs> like... I do love Shotzi, though. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. She's got the uh, blowtorch. She's welding all the shit. She's the glue that holds it all together. That kind of thing. There you go. So it is kind of strange, but that match is probably going to kick some serious ass. Does that make Ember the nuts and bolts? Because in her segment, she just was like, here, I got some spare parts. Are you just the <laughs> She's the spare parts. <laughs> like, what is that? Just start becoming like one of those nicknames. It's like Brett Hitman Hart. It's a uh, spark plug, Bob Holly. It's uh, spare parts, Ember Moon. 
On the SmackDown side of things, again, we're switching over to AEW afterward. Don't worry, everybody. We're not just skipping it. Um, we're skipping 205 Live and NXT UK. Nothing happened there. Uh, SmackDown. I, I saw the beautiful uh, Fabio twins again. And I, I don't know what they did on the show, but they looked nice. They cut a promo about how they're pretty deadly. <laughs> I, you know what? Fair. Uh, Kayla Braxton interviewed Roman Reigns and I thought it was kind of funny. Roman Reigns is just like, really? We give you this opportunity and you fuck it up and you ask these stupid questions to me. We have Michael Cole. He could do it. Whatever. I like that. And then later on, Kevin Owens comes out, challenges him to a TLC match and uh, we could just do it right now and whatever. And Roman's like, no, we're not going to do that now. There's a lady in the ring. I got some fucking... I love that. Roman Reigns is so fucking good. I love this. Um, so that's happening. We're getting TLC. Uh, we talked about Natty beat Bailey. Pat Patterson tributes all around. We did the Pat Patterson tribute match. Daniel Bryan, Ray Mysterio, and Big E beat Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Sami Zayn. Big E's got a the new theme. I'm understanding why this was a Pat Patterson tribute until they said, oh, it's because these are all the former IC champions on the brand. Yeah. Not all of them, but. Actually, wait, is it all of them? No, sure I mean, that is all of them. Well, I mean, outside of Roman, because obviously, he, why would he be in the match? Outside of Roman and Owens, but yeah, the rest. Let's see. Apollo Crews, no, he was the United States. Gable, no. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that, that might have been, that must have been the case. Huh. Interesting. So that happens. Big E comes out with a new theme further distancing himself from the new day and he's back to doing the powder clap. So the theme is by Wale. And he's very excited about the theme being by Wale. And if he's excited about it, then I have to be excited about it. I don't like that. The logo reads think big. I think that's dumb. But that whatever. just makes me think of Doug. Come on, come on. Think big. <laughs> We just did this the other day. What was that for? That was uh, Linda McMahon tweeting out thank to Stephanie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've gotten like, I don't know, like 110 uh, likes or retweets or something on that thing. My uh, response yeah, for that. But it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I couldn't really hear too much of the song because Cole and Graves were talking about stuff throughout the entire thing. So still going to have to listen to it on its own to really judge the song itself. It's not like the Keith Lee one where immediately on the Keith Lee wing, I'm like, all right, I like the song. I can't wait to get it. This one. I'm, I don't know. Really? I just kind of don't like the idea that they are changing it. Cause it's just further distancing him. And they're kind of like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Which every company and every fashion. And th- when they say that something's not happening, but they're going to do something temporarily, or they're just going to try something out. It's happening. Like, this is going to be a little bit more fanboys territory a little bit for a second, but HBO Max, they announced that Ooh. all of their movies that they had planned on scheduling that they bumped back to the 2021 schedule. So the Godzilla versus King Kong movie, Suicide Squad. Still don't know why it's called the Suicide Squad. That pisses me off so much. Um, the a new Conjuring movie, like any of these kind of things. 
every single one of them, no matter what's going on, at least for now, the plan is, no matter what's going on with the pandemic, they're going to release simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters. AMC is furious about this, as understand it, because they're just like, you just killed all of our revenue that we would get from this because people aren't going to go to the movies if you give them the chance to stay at home. And then it's I know, like, I said this, movie theaters are dead now. I think I I was like, okay, they're dead. I think we're going to look back on that day that they announced that as maybe not the official start of that, but like, was it like the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand was like the beginning of World World War One or two or whatever it was? was I don't know. It was one. Yeah, one. Or I thought it was one. Uh, that's the type of thing that people go, yep, that's what started the war. And it's like, okay, well, things happened ahead of that, but that's the thing that people triggered it as far as being like, nope, that's whatever it was. And it's like the Americans become a part of World War II because of Pearl Harbor. Well, we were a part of a little bit here and there ahead of time, but we just go, that's the thing we want to go back to. And, you know, I think that that's going to be maybe the thing that happens with that. And when you look at something like that, again, this is going to come back to wrestling. Don't worry, everybody. Uh, when you look at the way that the company was talking about that, they're like, it's just for a year. This is only the 2021 plan. And then everything's going to go back to normal. That's not how it works. Anytime yeah. a company does something like that, what they mean to say is we don't want to say this is a guaranteed plan going forward because we want the flexibility of being able to change things on the fly. And if it turns out that people aren't doing things with HBO Max and this vaccine comes out and everything opens up and we go back to normal, then everything's going to go back to going into the movie theaters because we weren't making enough money on HBO Max. But it also means that they've covered their ass for if this boosts HBO Max considerably and they, they aren't paying the money to the distributors because they don't have to pay the chains, they get to pocket all the money that comes with that. If they make a butt ton of money on that, they're going to start just doing this for good. And then all the other companies will too. Yep. So when you say that, like, this whole setup applies to, like, uh, the pro wrestling side of things, anytime that somebody says that something is just, like, okay, it's a temporary thing. We're just going to try something out or whatever. They're trying it out because they want to know if they want to stick with it. Big E not having New Day music anymore means this is them going, look, we actually don't want him to be a part of New Day. We're pushing this far enough that we don't want him to be in there anymore. But I think... But they want to reserve the chance to have him be a part of it in the future if they are on the same brand or if it doesn't pan out, then he could just go back to the New Day and they're the saviors of, see, we gave you what we wanted. We gave you the New Day thing again. But this is a sign for sure that they're just like, no, we don't want you to associate him with the New Day anymore, which is weird because they have the New Day podcast. (laughs) But, But I also think, shouldn't they all split? Put Woods on NXT. I still want Woods to win. I still think Woods is better than he's given credit for. Yeah, I he says he wants to win the King of the Ring. <laughs> and he's like adamant about that. He's like, that's like what I want to do. I want to win the King of the Ring. Give him the fucking King of the Ring. Like, come on. 
You couldn't do it with Kofi because he couldn't have been King Kofi Kingston because that would have been bad. Did you ever hear him talk about that? Yeah, but he's just like, <laughs> he's we couldn't like, do okay, okay, okay. No, not ever. Like, you know, they wanted him to be the king of the ring and they're like, oh, you'll be King Kofi Kingston. He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Oh, by the way, I love um, his Twitter. Kofi. Oh, that's Kofi Kringle. Kofi Kringle. You know, yeah. honestly, I don't think he ever changed that. I think it's been like this for a year, and he just <laughs> left it up for the last Christmas. That's even better if that's the case. But, like, give Xavier Woods King of the Ring. I think that Xavier Woods should win the Intercontinental or United States title, too. I wouldn't go so far as to be like, give him the world title, and he needs to have a big run and whatever. I do still really like Xavier Woods, so I wouldn't be opposed to that. But, um, And I think that Big E's got a lot to offer and everything, and if this works out well, then that's great, but to me, it is just kind of sad that it means that they're like, we don't think that we want you a part of New Day anymore. That kind of sucks. But it sucks because his shit is in the... Oh, don't you dare be sad. Like, that's all him. Yeah. Uh, King Corbin beat Murphy, and King Corbin now has two people by his side. Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake. No... Jackson I Riker. This. I love this. I love this, and I'll tell you why. They did nothing wrong. They finally got yep. on TV. Their whole gimmick was literally, we are forgotten. And they finally got on TV. And Jackson Riker, the one dude who is not forgotten, because he came in well after As part of a forgotten son. <laughs> yeah. I literally screwed it up for them and I'm glad that they're getting a chance with Corbin. I'm glad that they, they're not forgotten sons. They're clean shaven. They're doing their own new thing. I like that fucking, they acknowledged Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy. And you know what? If this could just end with Blake and Murphy being a thing, because I am in the minority. I like that tag team. I don't like Blake. I mean, I don't know the guy. It's not like I'm like, ah, fuck you, pal. Like, I can think, like, but I've never been impressed with Blake. So I, to me, I don't want him like, to be a part so of the Cutler team anymore. He feels like the last impressive. But here's the cool thing about playing them with Corbin. They all had that same vibe of like, yeah, we're the, you know, standard WWE wrestlers. And that's kind of a rarity now. So it feels special. I, I, like, I like that it. they're a part of this team now. I don't know if they're going to, call themselves anything different like if they're gonna make a stable they need, theme they need or... to be the knights of the round table or some shit yeah <laughs> but i do like that because i think that corbin works well when he's flanked by people and i think that it's better to give corbin two of his own people to be flanked by than instead of doing the all right so now we're gonna pair him with these top heels yeah, like he's just going to hang out with the Revival. He's just going to be with Ziggler and Rude. And Rude, or he's just going to be with McIntyre and Lashley. Yeah, I like it better when it's like, no, he's the head of the faction. And he's got a couple underlings. And there's no fault in being the underlings to somebody who, yeah, I know that a lot of people don't like Corbin all that much. I know I'm much more of an apologetic uh, person for him than anybody else is, but like, me being an apologist doesn't make up for the fact that he has won King of the Ring and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and the United the States title and the uh, he won that match against Kurt Angle and like he's credible 
this dude could be a world champion at some point, He's and it wouldn't be the craziest thing. Five year trajectory. He might be. Like they're gonna, they constantly bury him, but it's also like, hey, look at how much shit we've given you over the last four years. Like we wanted to make sure you had some kind of content for your eventual DVD or network special where you could talk about how we fucked you over with the money in the bank <laughs> and everything. Oh my god, ah, he was money in the bank. He is the match against John Cena. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I'll be honest. I forgot about that completely. So it's just like Corbin being with those types of people. That means that Blake and Cutler can lose matches. So that bumps up Corbin's credibility because he doesn't have to lose to people. And he's a cowardly heel who backs up a lot of what he says, but he's still, you know, kind of a weasel in some ways. So he can do a triple team on people and he could be the guy that's beating the crap out of. Big E. Big E or yeah, like just he Why fights Kevin He fights Kevin <laughs> Owens or he fights Daniel Bryan or whatever he does, and it's a three on one. It's Otis is against uh King Corbin and they need to fight off these people and Corbin's the guy who hits you in the back because you're busy with the two other guys. Like it works. It's simple shit. Do you yeah. see this going the same way I do in that uh Biggie is the IC champion, and then Corbin's got these two goons at Mania, but Biggie brings in the New Day, and they won't give Biggie the world title, but they'll give him the IC title with the celebration with the New Day, and that'll be his big moment. Hmm. Might be. Did I just book WrestleMania for them? I don't think that they've got a plan for it, though. <laughs> I think they might have, they might have like this week been like, you know, we haven't done anything with Blake and Cutler. Why don't we just put them with Corbin? I think that that was a plan. As soon as they did the stupid thing with, hey, we're going to put you with Murphy. I think that was the plan that we're going to give you Blake and Cutler because they need to do something because it's not fair to them. And I applaud them for that. Curious what happens with Riker now. Uh, Raw. Because he's been hashtagging a lot of his posts with Raw. So I'm guessing he's going to end up on there. Now, you know what's really confusing about this episode? Why was Kalisto just interrupting the Kevin Owens interview? I love that. That was like one of my favorite segments. I am so confused what that was supposed to be going towards. I was wondering if it was like a weird Pat Patterson tribute. That we don't know about. Yeah, something odd like that. Like, Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could think of was that one promo where I think it's Hawk opens up the door backstage and realizes that they're filming something and he gets all scared and shuts the door. But that's not how that played out. It was like he's wearing a fedora and Kevin Owens is like, hey, nice fedora. And he's like, oh, what's a fedora and whatever. I'm just like... That had to be a weird Pat Patterson tribute. It's got to be something like that. Because we didn't even talk about it, but there was this uh, segment in the six-man tag afterwards where they all do this weird thing where they're like, hey, we're going to rush the ring. All right, let's rush the ring. Yeah. And then they throw out the other two heels, and Ziggler's left alone, and he's, like, begging off, and it's going on really long, and... Brian hits him with this uh, atomic drop and he like milks this thing for about 30 seconds. 
before just casually turning <laughs> and falling into the middle. Like, that had to be a Pat Patterson. Something fact, like that. In fact, that segment made me think, okay, Pat Patterson's the guy who tells Dolph every year to grab onto the rope in the Battle Royal <laughs> a million times. Do the gaga, you know? Yeah, because that was a lot of gaga. But yeah, I I love this Kalisto thing, and I think it's probably weird, a weird Pat Patterson tribute. I hope that somebody clarifies it in some fashion, because, man, I have no idea what the hell's going on there. I would actually appreciate, if it's not that, if Kalisto is just going to be full-time wearing a fedora and a mask. Like, just, this is his look now. He wears a fedora. He's the greatest luchador of all time. It's a shame that they missed out on an opportunity where he couldn't have said, instead of, that's a cool-looking fedora, if he would have said, that's a good-looking, uh, good lucha hat <laughs> or something. Ah, amazing. So that led us to the main event. Otis and Kevin Owens win a match against Roman Reigns and Jey Uso by DQ. Uh, the only thing I'm skipping over is, like, uh, Street Profits talk a little bit about Ziggler and Rude, and Cesaro says that they're the S-tier team. They're going to have another ladder match because they love this. Maybe. And Carmella and Sasha Banks talked. Who cares? Um, Roman Reigns beats the shit out of everybody, including Jey Uso. Yeah. They don't know Great. what they're doing with Uso. They know what they're doing with Roman, though. Yeah. So that's great. Fantastic. And then we got uh, the AEW stuff that we're going to go over now because that's that's quite a bit. So one last plug for me to toss in before we do that. If you're not following us on Facebook and Twitter, follow us at Smart Moment. And the AEW stuff, that's a regular episode of Dynamite, but they gave it a little bit more flair. They called it Winter is Coming, which I hated. Because I hate that they are naming something after a Game of Thrones quote. You know what, though? I don't care. It led to snow falling down while the thing happened. Call it some other kind of variation of some snow type thing. Some winter is whatever. If water is giving them the rights to it, fuck it. Use winter is coming. WWE would do it. I just hate that. I think that that's like... The example I used in something, I forget what it was. I was like, that's like WWE having like, all right, we're going to follow up Money in the Bank with WWE, save the cheerleader, save the world. Or like, you know what? It, great balls of fire. Oh, that was terrible too. But like, this strikes me as that type of lame ass indie show type stuff. Because you can see that happen if you search under like oh, local indie that. things. And they'll do like, I don't know, like what APW or like uh, CWA or whatever the fuck, whatever acronym you want to make. Um, Winter is coming or the Red Wedding. Yeah, yeah, like they'll do stuff like that. They'll call it like uh, it's just like Rise of the Machines or something. And it's just like you're just taking movie titles and catchphrases from other things. And I would call an event Rise of the Machines. Just have robots fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is so lame to me, because that means that you can't think of something on your own. You're just going, oh, I like that one. Why don't we call this uh, Fury Road? Mad Max was cool. It's like, yeah, but that's Mad Max. Call yourself something else. What are you talking about, Tony? 
Do you do you really want to go through the list of Mad Max references in wrestling? The Legion of Doom, the Road <laughs> Warriors, Thunderdome. Yeah, I don't like the Thunderdome name because of that. We talked about that earlier this year where I was just like, why are you calling a Thunderdome? That's Mad Max. Call it the WWE whatever dome. I don't know. Even if you call it the fucking Lightning Dome or something, then it would be like, okay, well, that's not Thunderdome, but at least you're not trying to be Thunderdome. Superstar Dome. Maybe Star something dome. like that. Stardome. Yeah, Star there dome. you go. Because it's Stardom. Star there you go. But like, that to me is just, I hated the name when it was coming. I don't think that that should be a thing. But whatever. Um, we had the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. I also don't like the Battle Royal ending with the final two people and those two will have a match. I don't like that. But I did like the Battle Royal itself. That doesn't bother me. To me, it's a I little like... It. I loved... It's a little hokey. Loved, loved, loved this Battle Royal. So here's the thing. When... It's number three or number four that you said at this uh, yeah. podcast. <laughs> All right, listen, I... I don't know. I can't. Boils down, though. <laughs> Tony Khan has earned the right to be a little sassy. Like, if you're going to crap on people for complaining about how you book Miro and then turn around 24 hours later and book Miro like a badass, by all means, keep getting sassy. Because this was the best he's looked since, like, peak WWE days. However, it doesn't change his character. Granted, but I felt like this was the first time I could see a little bit down the road where yeah. he might just be a badass. Yeah, this was... If he would have came in and done something like this, I think it would have mattered more. But I liked the whole setup basically i didn't like a couple elements of it i don't know why they're pushing matt hardy in this kind of way where he's eliminating everybody and he wants to turn heel or something i guess well he's big money matt now right like not into that but i loved the sammy guevara stuff where mjf pushed sammy and jungle boy and he's just like no 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 like i'm sorry it's like i was trying to push jungle boy it was whatever i'm like i love that type of thing with mjf and we're down to Orange Cassidy and MJF. Next week, MJF has to retain that. They can't yeah. just like, give that ring to Orange Cassidy to wear. It's got to be a I, thing where it builds it up to where MJF keeps year. it. Like, it's a whole year. So I don't want to see him. I don't want to see Orange Cassidy walk around with it for a year. Yeah. No, it needs to be MJF retains it. What a bastard. He keeps it the whole time. And then yeah, a year from now, he drops it. Or maybe a year from now they drop it entirely. And they use Orange Cassidy to go, eh, I don't care about it. And it's just never heard of again. That's true. Could do that. He wins it and he's like, cool. And then they just said, hey, where's your ring? No. I'll lift it at home. Yeah. (laughs) I like rings. (laughs) It's just that sort of thing. Class with both style. Yeah. He just shrugs, walks away. They're like, all right, there you go. Here's the ring. Um, not much to say about the Jericho and Kazarian thing. I have a lot to say about it. Well, not a lot, but just, ugh, it wasn't pretty. Would have been good 10 years ago or so, but. Yep, that's the whole, and I hate that. I hate having to say that, but it's true. 
Next week, we're going to get the inner circle having an ultimatum. They have to either agree to work together or break up. How do you think that's going to play out? They agree to work together. No, I mean, yeah, but I mean, how are they going to agree? Uh, like, I think this is all leading to Sammy Guevara being a baby face. Me too. And I'm not totally sold on that yet. So. I don't know if that's going to be next week is when they pull the trigger on that. Where it's like, okay, we realized that you're not going to all work together because there's a problem person here. And everybody's like, oh, okay, it's clearly MJF because we're getting together fine. Getting and along Jericho's well like, together yeah, ahead of time. Right. And it's Sammy. And he's like, you know, Sammy Guevara, like, what the hell, man? You couldn't just, like, you're jealous. You're jealous of the fact that MJF is part of this group and whatever. Maybe even Jake Hager gets taken out because they've been really harping on this whole Wardlow and Jake Hager against each other type thing. Every time that people are cutting promos, they're just staring at each other, which I fucking love. I love that. So maybe it's like Hager and Guevara get bumped out. And it ends up being like Hager stands up for Guevara and maybe something along those lines. Maybe not. Maybe they just literally waste a little bit of time and then just go, nah, we're cool again. And we're going to drag this out a little bit longer. COVID. Yeah. Not at all a fan of uh, the interview that happened after this, where the young bucks are like, hey, remember how we kicked Alex Marvez and we were like heels for like a week, uh, whatever. And then the acclaimed come over and they're like, I don't like the acclaimed's gimmick. I'll say it right now. I think that this whole wrap into the ring thing, not only is it dated to when John Cena used to do it, but I don't think it's good. The rap thing's just sort of like, yeah, yeah, this is what I say about this, and this is whatever, and this is, uh, and it's like, there's no beat to it. There's no rhythm. There's no, you're just writing down some lyrics ahead of time that vaguely rhyme and saying them in a monotone way. This sucks. You're supposed to be great? I'm not fucking seeing that. I'm good with it for now. They're still fresh. So we'll see how it goes. And then TH2 attacks him, and I'm like, yeah, I couldn't care less. Sorry. The best thing that you do is Angelico comes out. He does that little stupid dance. dance. That's it. (laughs) Once Angelico stops (laughs) dancing, I'm done. Somebody put the music to fucking the scene in The Simpsons where Homer's like, I'll dance for my money. (laughs) No, I didn't see that. I still think one of the best things that's come out of uh, like Simpson wrestling parody kind of parallels is when people pointed out that Lana's theme it sounds like I'm fucking it's like oh god it does and I can't hear Lana's theme without thinking of Homer doing that I love that oh man um Britt Baker beat Minnie Shayna Baszler by submission. <laughs> Her name is Layla Hirsch. She is mini Shana, uh, Shana Baszler. She's great. They need to sign her. I'm sure that they have. They just haven't announced it yet. It seems like that's the case. They seem to be wanting to do something with her. And I don't know why you would have her tap out if you really want to, but okay. But she looks, I mean, she's tiny. Who cares? She's great. And she is very Shana Baszler esque. So that's why she's tiny teen. Uh, Tiny Baszler or Tiny Dancer. I don't know. <laughs> Small Shayna. Um, Thunder Rosa attack. All good. I'm. We're going to talk about something later in the show that makes me have hope for their women's division. Uh, I'm going to say something a little controversial. I don't like Britt Baker as much anymore. Why? 
I've what hated, I've hated these talking segments that she's done. They're terrible. They're not like annoying heel fun. They're just annoying. And they go on for fucking ever, but that's AEW Dark. The show was like two hours and 40 minutes the other night. Or actually, okay, it might have been It might have been actually Khan, three hours or something. I, I forget if it went exactly to it, but it was Tony close Khan to it. Tony did say he's considering splitting it up. Don't consider. Just do it. I am well, sick and tired of it. going to be fucking impact. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. But I'm like, man, I don't want to watch Dark at all anymore i'm really considering just not doing the coverage for it and it sucks i don't want to not do that because i like i said earlier at the beginning of this podcast i care about my work i want people to go to a smart cut moment and go okay he's got this stuff covered but i'm just like god damn it i'm sick and tired of watching three hours worth of aew dark every week and when you start tacking on the waiting room segments where it's not funny it's not interesting nothing happens literally one of them was all right, is it Tai Conchi or Tay Conchi? Oh, it's Tai. Oh, okay. I thought it was Tay Conti. That's no, Tai. No, it's Tay. And well, Tai Conchi said it was Tai. Maybe it is Tai. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey. So she says know. like, oh, it's it's Tai, and like I like Hikarashita. And Reba's like, oh, duh, okay, well the acclaims here, and the acclaims like, yeah, yeah, that's what, and then it's just like, okay, that's the end. And then they just move on, and it's like, the what the fuck was that? Other than a waste of 10, 15 minutes. Like, uh, I'm not a fan of Britt Baker as much as I was at the beginning of this year. She was doing right, so much get, better work. Let, let's get off the negativity, and let's talk about the next segment so we can all act like children and be happy. You're going to hate some of the things I'm going to have to say then. <laughs> Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes beat Powerhouse Hobbs. Still don't like that. And Ricky Starks. And the big thing afterward is... The lights go out. Titantron or whatever you want to call it. Do they have a name for it? Because uh, they can't call uh, it the Titantron. Can we call it the Turnatron? They're still owned by Turner. They're not owned by Turner, but they're on Turner. TNTron? TNTron? <laughs> I, I like TNTron. TNTron. Uh, that lights uh, all show, all that stuff happens. The video's on there, whatever. And out comes Sting. And uh, Tony Schiavone is doing his old school, it's Sting kind of thing and whatever. That, and... I think I'll say this. I, If you've listened to the Fightful podcast that I'm on, you know I love this. I will say, maybe different television channel, different announced team, maybe I don't love it as much. That but... is where I think that people are getting ahead of themselves. But hearing, hold on, because hearing Tony Schiavone go, it's Sting! You just, like, huh. It just chills to hear Tony Schiavone do that in the year 2020. And also, I, I know you're about to crap all over because he, he is 62. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's 62 years old. However... Undertaker should have painted his face because this dude looks like he hasn't <laughs> aged a day. <laughs> He's looked exactly the same for the last like 15 years. Yeah, Sting is remarkable when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Holy shit, he came out and I was like, oh, okay, so he's just going to start cracking people with the baseball bat. 
But unfortunately, he didn't. He, I understand why. The ring was emptied for the most part, and Sting looked at everybody. And that was it. And I, I went, what the? You, what, you didn't do a fucking thing. Like, Yes, he did. He yelled to the skies, and then he looked at Cody. He looked at Arn. He looked at Darby, and it was good. Here's another issue. Who in the production truck and whatever didn't realize the camera angle was fake? Yep. They ruined the shot. For anybody who doesn't know, check back on the footage. Darby Allen's got half of his face painted very similarly to Sting. And he's using the face paint side away from the camera. So you get normal face Darby staring with Sting. It's the complete opposite of what they should have had. And that's like, oh, God, amateur hour. Like, fuck, you made the mistake. That's like when AJ Styles comes out the Royal Rumble and they cut to uh, Roman Reigns. Like, you don't do it. That was the worst. That <laughs> is like, oh, man, that's To suck- be fair, though, this year they had they missed Edge's first spear. Yeah. Not to say that that's like WWE doesn't make the mistakes. There's two examples right there, but it's just like, damn it, guys. Like, you ruined that moment. Now you're going to have to have another moment, and that's going to be the one that everybody goes to instead of that one. You missed the shot. That sucks. Uh, I hear you. I am not thinking of a whole lot of dream matches. Well, let's be clear. For some reason, they have this man listed as a wrestler. That's not necessary. However, I'm not going to say I'm opposed to Sting getting a tag match and just doing some of his signature spots. If he has one match. It's Cody. It's Cody. You want it to be Cody? It's Cody. (laughs) Yeah, it's Cody. Come on. Or do they just waste it on somebody and it ends up being like Sting against... uh... Powerhouse Hobbs? Like uh, Pretty Peter Avalon. <laughs> if Pretty Peter Avalon wants to do the job and and Sting looks good, I'm okay with it. It's like Sting's in the ring and he's got an open challenge, and it's like, no, all right, his this, one and only challenger is Naka. Naka. <laughs> I'll say this because you're very much on the realistic side of this. I enjoy when things are fun. And I, me too. <laughs> I don't have a hard time shutting my brain off when it's just like, okay, this is playful, and not in like a, not in like a, a meta. Isn't it funny how meta we are, playful? But in like a, oh wow, everything stopped and people are calling their friends and telling their friends to put on TNT because this man, even at 62 years of age is a bigger star than everybody else. And it immediately felt special. And you do have Tony Schiavone saying it's sting. And like, it was just a special moment that, the whole thing could be a train wreck from here on out, and it won't ever detract from that moment being such 
a beautiful, fun, hey, look, it's thing. I think that people are getting too excited. And it's cool, it's fun, but Why? I'm not you going... A promo. I'm not going nuts over it because I don't think it's going to be what a lot of people think that it is. I think a lot what of people are going what into this... Think like, people are thinking it'll be? I think that they think he's going to just wrestle and he's going to save the anything negative about it and he's going to be this like great asset and oh my god they got staying that's going to be great he's going to turn the tide and that's going to be this awesome thing and he's going to have these great matches with all these great people and i can't wait to see sting versus darby and sting versus cody and sting versus what and it's like but he's not staying from 1994 or yeah i have no intention on seeing sting wrestle i just like the fact that he's there that he can you know, every now and again, cut a promo. Every now and again, hit somebody in the back with a baseball bat. It'd be great. I just, I just like that he's there because I think WWE, and I don't knock them too much, not as much as others might, but they had a weird fucking fetish about trampling WCW. Because they had Sting, and they did nothing with Sting. And you could argue, well, he got injured in his second match. Yeah, but you still had him. You still could have had him do so many things. And you never even had him cut a promo. I'm worried that Sting's going to be like a general manager type. I think that'd be great. Well, we saw that in Impact already. Did we? When was he the GM? I can't remember when. I've seen it. So if I've seen it, it was the time frame of impact when when that was a thing. Well, I, I think Sting has something to offer. We don't know what yet. And I'm not saying I want to see him wrestle. But I'm saying I like that he's there. And it made me feel very good to hear the pop. And uh, honestly, it really helps that his face is painted because he looks like he hasn't aged. My optimism and my pessimism. The optimism is it's cool that they got Sting. It's cool that a lot of people are buying merch right now. I think that they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Do you think that they they can any chance in hell that they can get Brock Lesnar? Any chance? Oh, yeah. They pay him enough? Yeah. Would you? Can you see Brock Lesnar just popping up? Totally, at some point. Beach break. Oh, like I definitely think that they've at least put feelers out there saying, like, what can we do to get you to come in? Definitely. And Brock seems like he just does not give a shit. He would be like, sure, pay me enough. Would that be a game changer? If he did more than one thing, if Brock shows up and does what he did in WWE, then no. You don't think Brock showing up is just like a game changer in and of itself? I think that that bumps up the ratings for a little bit. And anytime that he bumps, uh, that he goes and does something, that he bumps up the ratings. But I don't think that that suddenly turns them to AEW is doing more of a buy rate or more than a, a paper uh, blah, 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 a rating every TV episode than Raw. Well, the way the run numbers are. <laughs> Something there might, might be able to. 
I don't think one person can do that unless that person is the one and only star of the show. And Rock can't do that because he doesn't show up. You think if they could pay John enough? And they, they never could because John's a loyal motherfucker. But do you think John could be that guy? I don't even think he could at this point. I think that the only reason why that really works well for somebody like in Austin is because Austin is on like constantly. Yeah, I get what you're saying. When they didn't have Austin on a segment, they were talking about Austin. It was like the headbangers against uh, Los Bariquas, and they're sitting there going, yeah, but what about that Austin thing earlier, huh? See, but I think that that's a trope that wrestling fell into that ultimately hurt it. Because then everything became about, yeah, okay, but ignore this match. Yeah. What about that main event segment? That's one of the reasons I stopped watching back at that time frame. Because I was just like, oh my God, I get it. The Rock and Austin. Shut up about them once in a while. They're great, but shut up. Like, you know. It was that and the uh, Undertaker turned into a biker. Those were the two things that got me to stop watching wrestling. Uh, I just, like, it's weird because I, I think it highlights a lot of the issues in the wrestling industry where, like, this guy got such a huge pop and broke all these merchandise sales, you know? But I don't care. Like, it was, it was just so fun to see people being like, I'm excited about wrestling. Look at this. It's, it's like, that's because that's what it's supposed to be. You know, and we can dissect it and we have. But at the end of the day, that's what it's supposed to be. It's just fun. Yeah, and when fun things catch on, they catch on like crazy. And not everything has uh, an unlimited shelf life. Like, there's certain craze factors. Austin was the most popular at that time frame, but wrestling in itself was just, that was a boom for wrestling. People watched WCW. People watched ECW. People watched local wrestling stuff. Like you could walk around with an NWO shirt in 1998 and people were like, fuck yeah, NWO. It's just like, okay, everybody's watching wrestling now. Just the same as, there was, you know, if you were a little kid in the same time frame that I was, everybody liked Power Rangers. Everybody at one point liked Pokemon. Everybody liked Ninja Turtles. Everybody liked, you know, like that kind of thing. And then it's like, I don't know what the kids are into these days. Other than like, everybody seems to like fucking Fortnite. Everybody seems to like yeah. uh, Minecraft. I was going to call it Minesweeper. Wow. <laughs> Okay, there's man. kids with the minesweepers. Did I just turn into the future old version of myself that's going to get the presents wrong for my kids and uh, grandkids and whatever? Yeah, you did. Okay, wow, man, that's mark this day in the calendar where it's going to be like, oh, okay, that's when Tony started going down that road. But uh, the kids like the minesweeper. You know, I got you that game, that computer game. Um, that's fantastic. Tony. That was like the type of thing that like a major, major craze where somebody like me who does not play Minecraft has never played Minecraft. Probably never will. Not to say that I hate the game or anything. It seems like it would be fun enough. I used to like Legos back in the day. It's kind of the same, <laughs> you know, but uh, if I'm, if I was in that sort of bubble of being a kid around that sort of thing, I'm sure I would have been a huge, huge fan. I don't think that wrestling is doing that now. 
And I think that taking somebody from one program and putting them on another one, the change is only going to be it gets those people talking more. It doesn't bring the outside people in. That's fair. Like, we'll talk about this about, well, let's, before we do that, Hikaru Shida says she's not afraid of Abaddon. And then she's totally afraid of Abaddon. I kind of yeah. like it. Um, but the end of the night is a great match with John uh, John Moxley losing the AEW World Championship to Kenny Omega, yep. and he loses it because Don Callis helps Kenny Omega use a microphone, and they book it. And when they're leaving, Don Callis is like, "Okay, well, you know, on Tuesday night on Impact Wrestling, like we'll follow this up and whatever," which is like. Okay, this is fucking interesting. Now they're doing something with Impact. I'm not going to watch Impact because it's Impact. But <laughs> if I was going to, this would be the thing that would make me watch it. Like, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. I love the idea that Omega won the title. I love that he was a heel in the process. I love that they're doing crossover things. I love all the things that are going on with this. Now, to before we get super duper into that, to backtrack to the statement I said a minute ago... Kenny Omega going over to Impact is going to bump up the Impact ratings. It's not going to make it a 3.0. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody's expecting it to. It's going to take people from AEW to watch Impact, and that's all that's the difference is going to be. The most that they can get is the AEW audience. I don't, see, I don't think that it's going to change anything. I don't think it's going to change too much, and I think people are going to be disappointed too. I think he's going to just have a pre-recorded thing. People are going to go, what the fuck? I wanted him to wrestle, whatever. I don't hold your horses a little bit, everybody, you know, but it's it cool. It doesn't matter, dude. Like, it's cool that they're doing this. They're, they're... This is, it, it feels special. And in this stage in wrestling, COVID or no COVID, let's be real. It feels special is a whole lot you can ask for. And I'm willing to see wherever this goes because it feels special. It does, and it's the type of thing that it might not mean much for Tuesday or maybe the week after, but it might be the start of something big. We know that AEW has a working relationship in some fashion with AAA. Impact does as well. Impact has a relationship with AAA. We know that AEW has, in some way, it's kind of like, uh, with New Japan. It's kind of the, the sort of thing where it's like, all right, you want to work with New Japan. New Japan wants to work with you. But you're both stubborn, particularly, it seems, New Japan, to where... You're kind of just like waiting to, you know, do this little dance and eventually you're going to make up and you're going to kiss and everything's going to be okay. But like, it's going to work in some fashion. They seem like they've got a little bit of a working relationship in some fashion with MLW. Not as much as like a full blown talent exchange, but I mean, they've been letting Brian Pillman Jr. wrestle. I think that's just a contractual thing. I think that's a loophole that happens to work in everybody's favor. And you've got, for sure, a connection between NWA and AEW because NWA's had their titles defended. Right. So that's like, that's a big step in that direction. And then with you get this impact connection, 
I mean, you're only really missing like Ring of Honor. That's about it, right? And Ring of Honor at any point in time seems like they could just jump in here. This could be that like Avengers moment where like, you know, I'm not trying to say WWE is evil and they're Thanos, but it does feel like that moment where, you know, everybody gets called in and all of a sudden, you know, Thanos is on the ropes. (laughs) This is uh, Impact Wrestling saying on your left. (laughs) I mean, it's. It's so like impact isn't what they were five years ago. They're not what they were 10 years ago. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows 15 that. years ago. 20 years ago. When did I impact mean, start? Uh, 18 years ago. So I, I, I just like this. I like that, you know, that this is even happening. I like that it feels special. I think this is one time where I don't want to dissect it. You know, does that make sense to you? I mean, you just kind of want to let things happen and sort of be like, all right, well, if yeah, it happens, like it I happens. Just, like, it, it's so rare. I'm, you know, like on, on the Fightful stream, we, we were so, like, upbeat about it. To the point where somebody called me, oh, this Robert is the biggest mark. And I'm like, I, I literally wanted to stop in the middle of what I was saying. I'd be like, fuck you. you I, I constantly am miserable watching this shit. <laughs> It's like, you let me be happy. I like, that you, let... I like that you constituted watching this shit instead of just being like, fuck you, I'm miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, you, like, let me have this. You can't always, you can't always be like, all right, but the sky is going to fall. You'll see. And we know the sky is probably going to fall. But let's, like, let's fucking not be wishing it on. Yeah, like I, like I said, I am not going to watch Impact. If somebody says that something great happened, I'll go and I'll check the clip out on YouTube or something. But this is cool because this is like, if I was watching Impact and I was watching AEW and I was watching whatever, if I was that dedicated to just like, so you, you pretty much, if you watch all wrestling at this point, that's your main thing. And I'm... Obviously, I make this one of my main things, but it's not my one and only main thing. So that's why I can't get into New Japan and I can't get whatever. Because by the end of WWE, with a little bit of AEW, I'm like, I'm fucking sick of wrestling. I got to do something else. So it's like, let me watch YouTube videos about Sonic the Hedgehog or watch. uh, Watch that one I sent you yet? Which one was that? The, uh, The wonderful, the modern world of Sonic or the modern reality of Sonic. Oh, yeah. Where he's explaining about uh, why the the series turned in different directions and everything and, like incredible and the way yeah ends, great incredible like that stuff is great and sometimes I'm just like you know I want to watch Shane and Ryan on um Buzzfeed Unsolved and whatever like I love Buzzfeed Unsolved so gonna, with like <laughs> yeah with the people that are just like man wrestling is fucking life and all that this is like amazing. And they'll be like, dude, there's so many people in Impact that I want to see. Like, I want to see this. I want to see that. For me, it doesn't hit that way because I'm not an Impact fan. But I think it's fucking rad that this is happening because that's cool that they can actually do that. And if it becomes the type of thing that I hope that it's going to become, well, time to merge. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> margin is great and everything should just merge and it'd be so much simpler. Hold on, hold on. Did that, was that spontaneous or did that occur because you had the finger on the button? I had the finger on the button. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, it might be time to merge, but you know what? I had that up when I started mentioning Sonic. <laughs> AEW is a great place to merge into. And it's the best to do that because ROH had its shot. Impact had more than its fair share of shot. Impact the died NWA 16 fucking times. Away. The NWA yeah. is not going to go away, but maybe the way that they get around it not going away is maybe they start looping in all these indie territories in another NWA thing again. Maybe the NWA becomes this sanctioned kind of you want to put our logo on that you pay us a little bit and people go to your show kind of thing i mean you talked about this when we came to the streaming wars and stuff disney is creating a discovery plus because they've got all these shows like mythbusters and and pawn stars and the tlc stuff like caroline watches the 90 day fiance and all that like all these that's awful all these type Caroline, of Caroline, you, you yeah, you better. Like. <laughs> uh, all the, all these types of things. They watch. Uh, if you watch one of those things, you're like you're more likely to watch a show like a Pawn Stars. If you watch a show like, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, Dirty Jobs. So I like American Picker. I I grew out of Pawn Stars because honestly, how many times can you hear him go? Well, the best I can do is twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm like, like, all right, American what's what's Chumley fucking up? Yeah. And and stuff like that is fun, but but I can't see myself paying for Discovery Plus. You sent that to me and you literally said, try not to get this one. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that won't be an issue. And like for me, like I loved Man vs. Wild and even better, Survivor Man with a uh, less less Stroud, I think his name was. But like, yeah, like I, I mean, I'm not gonna pay for that service. But if you watch the one, you watch the one, you watch the other one, you watch the other one. More likely is you're gonna like snowball and you're gonna watch a lot of these, and then that's what the target audience is. So if you're the type of person who follows all that stuff, then Discovery Plus it's a great thing to uh, subscribe to. And I'm we're gonna get to that niche sectional type of thing where people are gonna slap a logo on things. Disney Plus now. The fact that they're going Discovery Plus, I think it's uh, ESPN. Is that ESPN Plus? Yep. So they are flat out just Plus is going to be their thing. And I like it because you know what? If you want to sign up for whatever these different services are and you say, I want this Plus and this Plus, I want, I only care about sports. I'm just going to get ESPN Plus. It's going to be what you go with. That's cable. It's cable. It's cable, but it's cable a la carte, which we never got. Because cable would give you the packages. And they would say, we're giving you 300 channels. And you'd go, I watched six of them. And then you go, yeah, but we're giving it to you. And we're charging you that we're giving it to you. Because they can. And that's all you have. So, like, I over the course of the past 30 years, there might be 20 channels that I've ever watched. Because I would watch... Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, CW. And it's like, wait a minute. These aren't even cable networks. Okay, well, what are the cable networks? Single cable network. So then you go, what are the cable networks? Comedy Central, 
USA sci-fi when they used to have the WWE stuff. Like, there's, it's not a whole lot. I'm not watching the gardening shit. I'm not watching the Spanish channels. I'm not watching the shows that are like, here's reruns of movies that are constantly on. Because I'm like, if I want to watch the movie, I'll watch the movie. I'm not going to watch the edited for TV version of something. It's not the way that it used to be. And I think that we are going in that direction where it's going to be, okay, you want the just the sports package? Just get ESPN+. Plus. That's all you need. You want the ESPN plus and the Disney plus and the discovery plus, and you want whatever, well, you can get this big Disney all inclusive package and it's, you know, instead of $10 a piece, we'll give you a little bit of a breakdown and it'll be, you subscribe to 10 services. So instead of a hundred dollars a month, we'll give it to you for 75. See, you know what though, but they're going to charge us for ads and I don't, I don't want that. Well, they'll eventually do that and it'll recycle the same way that, cable did that's for sure but i think that that might apply a little bit to this indie wrestling thing where it might be like look at a certain point the territories they died and they've been limping on ever since how do you bring them back you bring them back by telling people that they're a part of something because you can go to a CZW show or uh, what's like a local wrestling thing in your area? Uh, well, we have a have FCW technically, right? Oh, well, no, not anymore. That, that FCW is done. Yeah. FCW is not a thing. I thought that they carried on as a separate thing. Nope. They just folded. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Ohio Valley. Yeah. So like OVW, OVW was a much bigger deal when that was, the NXT of its day. Now I don't hear a goddamn thing about OVW, but it's still, it's still around. If OVW was suddenly labeled like the AEW version of OVW, it's like one of the breeding ground type things. Shit, you're gonna start paying more attention to it because those are the guys that are gonna be coming up. It's just how that works. So if you slap NWA on there and it becomes like NWA is the feeder system to get to AEW, which merges with Impact and ROH, you just get rid of Impact, you get rid of ROH. Impact's looking pretty pretty solid there, you know? I agree. Suddenly they are not only the number two, they are the number two. Well, I think... It's all going to depend on how 2021 starts. And it might be really, really good. You know, it might be, we might be sitting here talking about a boom. And I feel like we've been burned on the idea of a boom so many times, though. But this feels special. If this doesn't create a boom. I hope it at least forces promotions to fold into AEW. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, it's either going to create a boom or it's going to cause a a big crunch. Like, this year is too big for things not to change. Fundamentally, things have changed forever. This is a year that just everything can go back to COVID as being like, and then this changed because of COVID, and this changed. We're talking. We talked earlier the movie theater business. This could be the end of the movie theater business because 
it's just going to reach a point where people just go, yeah, you know what? I don't want to see it at home. And then somebody like me who likes going to the movies is going to be like, well, God damn it. This sucks because now that's a niche market where it's only a specialty thing. You don't go to an amusement park every day. And right. it, I've been used to the idea of I'll go to the movies once every other week or so. You know, I had my um, AMC Stubbs A-list where it's like, okay, I could get three movies and not pay and I pay the monthly fee and whatever. Let me go try to see as many movies as I can. And that's great. I love going to the movies. It's so much better. But the average person is not thinking the same way that I am. And they're kind of treating this as like, you know what? I'd rather just sit at home and I don't have to take the kids and we all have to buy a ticket and we all have to get a popcorn or whatever. We could get whatever the fuck we want at home, which is like, you can't make good movie theater popcorn at home, but no. Okay. Granted you can't, but I also think that there are people who are just going to be like, but I enjoy just eating my fucking I'm gonna, popcorn. Yeah. Know? They're just like, I just want to eat my, whatever I eat at and home. I enjoy that. I can like look at my phone and not feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, I I want to I want to drink while I'm watching this movie. Right. I want to be able to pause and go to the bathroom whenever I fucking want. You know, people are going to think that. So a lot of people are going to and a lot of people are going to go, I just don't want to get off the fucking couch cuz it's late. I turned on my uh my fan through my Echo Dot last night. I'm laying in bed at six, well, six in the morning. It's not one that's at night, but that's when I go to sleep and stuff. Uh, so I'm like, Oh God, it's hot. I don't feel like getting up. Oh wait, I got that echo dot thing. I could just do that. And I'm like, Hey, turn on the fan. I'm like, Oh, oh no. so much easier. I am spoiled by she who shares the first name with bliss. <laughs> uh, it's like God. Voldemort or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, she who shall not be named. I am very spoiled. It, it opens my door. It does a lot of things. And I'm just like, how I ever live without you? I don't know. It opens your door? Well, it, it can it can at least unlock the door if I'm upstairs. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So it's like, that could fundamentally change where everybody looks back on the HBO Max thing and they go, oh, shit. That's what was like the first shot that killed the movie theater business. And this whole thing with Kenny Omega could be with a, when they finally go, let's work together and let's do this. And then eventually they go, you know what? We're working together so well, we should just make this a permanent thing. And then impact goes away and ROH jumps in the mix. And that's how WWE was born. Yeah, kind of. It is. They just took the best talent from the territories. Now you were saying about the women's division, you're thinking that the impact people come in and that's yeah, what oh helps God. save impact that. Impact is the best women's division. For everything that you can say about impact, they have a great women's division. Diana Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, Taya Valkyrie, uh, Rosemary, Sue Young. They have viable women, you know what I mean? Like women who can actually get in there and legitimize the AEW side of things. I, I'm very excited for that. I'm excited for. The North versus the, the South. <laughs> no, the FTR who kind of wrestled like they're from the South. Um, so you're. I'm, I'm excited for Motor City Machine Guns to get on Dynamite, so Alex Shelley can say he's wrestled for Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, and WWE all inside of one calendar year. I like. I'm very excited for the possibilities. Sammy Callahan versus John Moxley. 
Sammy Callahan teaming with John Moxley. Chris Jericho versus Ken Shamrock at 50 years old. It can happen. <laughs> Crazy times. But I'm a huge fan of Kenny Omega winning that title. And who would have thought that the catalyst for all of this is the Jackal? Yeah, the Jackal. It's the Jackal. <laughs> jackal. Jackal. It's the Jackal. Don Callis out of everybody. But he's got a working relationship with them, so it's like, all right, that's what you do. You you get the people together that know the people. It's like with any other business or whatever. Hey, you know this guy? Oh, I know that guy. You know, it's whatever, you know. So it's that's like a proper business relationships, work. It's the type of stuff that makes the most sense and you just go, Well shit, some things never change. Some things are just simple because that's how it works. Don Callis is connected with Kenny Omega. He has a lot of friends in Impact. I mean, he has a lot of friends in AEW. He works with Impact. Eventually, he goes, you guys want to, like, do something? And they go, all right. That's pretty simple, and that's how it goes. Triple H, by the way, gets asked uh, on the media call, uh, you know, are you guys open for business? And he's like, yeah. And not really coming out of it, but he's just like, yeah, of course we are, kind of, maybe, but we don't really want to do anything. (laughs) Well, like, I think it was a fine question. Yeah, I just thought that the answer was kind of funny because he's like, yeah, of course we're up for business. You know, I think that you can see that we're always open for business when he doesn't say this, but it's almost kind of implied. It's like we don't like any of the business offers and we don't want to work with anybody, but we're <laughs> like, yeah. if it's beneficial to us, we're open for business. Like, Then he just goes like, you remember this one thing in like the 90s? We did that with a <laughs> crossover or whatever. We're open with business with Saudi Arabia. You guys like that? No? Okay. <laughs> They're still advertising Super Showdown happening, by the way. They sure are. They are full blown. Uh, WrestleMania from Hollywood. Hollywood. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, crazy. I don't know. We're heading towards the end of this year, so of course we're going to recap uh, this year in full in a little bit and look forward to next year in some fashion. That's going to be the subject of the Wrestling is Twenty Twenty episode. That'll be around Christmas. Um, and we'll we'll talk about like some theories about where we think wrestling is going to go. If we think that impact and all that, because this will be past the point of seeing what happens with Kenny Omega and impact or whatever, we'll be able to talk about that. We'll be able to talk about the future of WWE and AEW and all these other companies and look back on this year, you know, in hindsight and go, <laughs> just be like, ah, that happened. I forgot. Right. That's happening two, three weeks from now. Wait, one, two, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks from now. That's uh, the 23rd episode. The episode on the 23rd, not the 23rd episode. That'll be episode 473. Jeez. Um, next week, though, is going to be a blank week. But the next thing you're going to be hearing from us is going to be the Paul Heyman's Smackdown podcast. Talked about that a little bit earlier. That's coming up later on tonight. At around 7 o'clock or so is, I think, when I had scheduled it. And then on the Sunday lineup, we've got the Tribute to the Troops, but we're not doing a podcast about that, remember? And then we got the NXT TakeOver War Games pay-per-view. So we're doing a post-show for that one. Probably talk for a minute about Tribute to the Troops on that, just to kind of combine things. Week of uh, the main event for next week. Currently, I said it's a blank one, but the game plan that we're thinking about right now is to finally do missed the smark, which is looking back on something that we haven't had a chance to look on. And for this edition, cause it's December, 
And this is one of the things that was on my list of about being something that I've never actually seen before. We might talk about December to Dismember from 2006. I'm down for it because I haven't seen it. So I might check that out on Monday or Tuesday leading into Wednesday and have, you know, notes down about like, wow, this was, who was this person and why this match fucking blue and whatever and this kind of thing because it's supposed to be really terrible and I've never seen it. So um, that'll be interesting. If we do something else, that'll be just because something else popped up that we thought was a better option. Then we'll go into the TLC predictions and post-show. The wrestling is 2020, and then before you know it, it's Mark Out Moment Awards. End of the year. That's roll. right. Then we'll roll along with the one to watch and future endeavors forecast, and then who the fuck knows, because then it's January 13th, and I ain't planning that far ahead. I don't have a five- and ten-year plan when it comes to that. I need a little bit of a break. Normally, I plan at least three months in advance. I give myself a little bit of a break on this the one. The you planned into... To, uh... Fucking January disturbed me greatly. You've had plans in the January for the last three months. Yeah, I, I think that I went through and did the, the January 13th plan somewhere around September. <laughs> That's very disturbing to me. You know what else is uh, pretty disturbing? I went through last night or the night before, and I wrote down a template of every day of the year for next year. And I wrote it down in a way that I can use that template from now on to not have to do that work for any other year in the future. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, that is pretty disturbing. To I me. took about an hour and I was like, this one hour is going to save me many, many minutes over the course of hopefully years. <laughs> Amazing. I'm insane. I don't know. Um, you are, if you want to follow more insanity, just stay tuned to everything that we got going on here. Follow me on social media at Tony Mango. Check out the wrestling news stuff and the Bleacher Report stuff and the Fanboy stuff and the Smart Cat Moment stuff. Hopefully in 2020, 2020, uh, 2021, I can get a couple movies started. We can finally start doing that show. I would love to do more all talk show stuff. I mention that all the time. I would love to do more of this and more of that and more of that. I would love every 24-hour period to be 50-something hours and I would get so much more done. But if you want to make sure we do something, hit up the Patreon. Follow Rob all over the place, too, because he's got plenty of things that he is cooking up, too. Yeah, I do. Uh, real quick, as far as the Parliament SmackDown podcast, here's what you need to know. There, There's a tremendous uh, Fatal 4-Way Elimination match between Edge, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and Kurt Angle. We will get into that, we being myself and Callum. We talk a lot about the treatment of women again. Just go off on that tangent. It's very strange. It's a very different time. And uh, again, if you want to see us review the beginnings of softcore porn, you need to uh, subscribe to that dark cast here. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's uh, Hot Tags for 470. So... If you have any other thoughts, drop them in the comments below. And whatever else happens throughout this week or whatever, we'll talk about on the other podcasts. We'll roll into the next hot tags and we'll see you when we see everyone. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment and we're being counted out. 